Hi everyone, this is Sam. Welcome to the Christmas episode of Craigslist. Just a bit of context for what you're going to hear. Um, after finishing all of Daniel Craig's theatrically released films and reviewing them on our main feed, we've been working through all of his random smaller TV appearances on Patreon. This is one of those discussions. Reviewing the Rover and Covington Cross. Now, we've been unlocking our Patreon episodes recently, which were recorded some months ago, but we thought we'd put this one out now because it's Christmas and we get into some Christmas-related discussions. This episode is pretty chaotic, I'm not going to lie. We have a lot of random chats, there's a lot of on-mic production meeting, I give the highlights of the updated Daniel Craig biography, and we get to actually reviewing The Rover at about minute 50 and Covington Cross at about minute 90. Uh, but anyway, really feels like at this end of the project we've transcended the review format and have moved into a sort of new realm of freeform Daniel Craig-related nonsense. Uh, so, hope you enjoy the ride, and Merry Christmas. You know, one of the worst things I think about this year... Yeah. It's not one of the worst things, but one of the things that I... I one of the things is, that has affected you personally? No, but it is something that I've paid attention to and I feel is emblematic of like the the deep level of disruption that has occurred this year. Okay. Uh, the thing that I really take away is that 2020 was the year in which Trolls World Tour screened the whole year. Did it? You can still go and see it. Can you? They are still, yes. Would uh, you? you can no, <laughs> but because uh, I know I've been looking at movie times throughout the year when we haven't haven't been able to go, and every time Trolls World Tour is still on, <laughs> and it's like this weird sort of do you like, feel Groundhog like Day in January still in January because of that psychologically? Yeah, yeah. I think and so I you mean, think if Trolls leaves the cinemas, the whole world will just reset itself well and we'll move on with our lives i think that will be the sign that the recovery has started you know (laughs) it's quite nice because this is our last episode for the year and we're pretty much at the end we're pretty close it's pretty good like that's it's kind of intense the and it's 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 kind of fitting really the vaccine has just now started rolling out people have got the first Non-trial injections today. Of the Pfizer vaccine. Pfizer, yeah. Pfizer. Yeah, probably Bezos. Pfizer. And and so maybe once the vaccine starts getting around, one of the the, symptoms that will resolve is the continued screening of Trolls World Tour. (laughs) Will be be abated. Yeah. Yeah. And then, ah, then nature is healing. What do you reckon the side effects of the vaccine for the world are? I think side effects of the vaccine will include uh, self-righteousness. Nice. Amongst the vaccinated. <laughs> um, they just start wearing white. Yeah. Everyone is just wearing clean white clothes. Yeah, 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 like like the raptured. <laughs> um, Walking around on their tiptoe just gracefully all the time. Well, they won't be touching the ground. They'll be doing. A, they'll just be. <laughs> they'll be Morticia Adams. They'll just hover around. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know. Imagine if there are massively terrible side effects. And because they brush, because they brush this thing so much, decimates vaccine programs for decades to come. Like polio <laughs> comes back. Like oh, they, they would, God. Like that. Like twenty twenty 
it it doesn't seem right that it should end with a solution to the problem. I feel like it should end with. But that's how the movie ends. Oh, and then this is not a movie. This is I, the real world. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that's what should happen in the real world. I feel like yeah. and twenty twenty, it's so not a movie. It's like. It should end with oh, and then aliens came. Twenty twenty is like a bad improv group's been given a weird topic at the start, and then people keep yelling stupid shit. Twenty twenty is like one. It's like the whole world is in one massive like word at a time game, going around the circle, <laughs> and, and some and some ticket just keeps saying and and and. And then, um, I saw a thing, and apparently somebody in the White House had said that their staff would be getting the vaccine first. And then the first ones were obviously given to medical professionals yep. who are doing things to help. Yeah, like, well, the most important people in the world. Fucking obviously. Could you mm. imagine if people in the White House were yeah. given the vaccine? <laughs> Quick, get the White House press secretary. What the fuck? Oh my god. But this, so this is so this is our this is our Christmas episode, I guess. This is the Christmasiest episode we have. So and, let's and it is. So and let's, it is. Yeah, so let's get it started, and I have something I'm very excited to play for you. Dry martini. Oui, monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's. One of vodka. Half a measure of Keenan Lily. Shake it over rice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes. Good King Wenceslas. This is what I think of when I wake up in the morning. Good King Wenceslas. I think of new songs to insert that Daniel Craig quote into. The and a merry Craig to us all. <laughs> uh, you having a good Christmas so far? Good Christmas season? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty great. Yeah? Pretty good. Keeping it festive? Keeping it any... Uh... Trying to. I set my tree up about a month earlier than most, as you do. In November? Um, yep. October? Uh-huh. The day before no. Halloween. Okay. I needed decorations for Halloween, and the ones I had were my Christmas tree. I've had so, a good... so you put up your Christmas tree as Halloween, right? decorations no i just put so on people came around they were like oh because a christmas tree at slightly the wrong time creepy and unsettling uh, well they could have like a christmas like... nobody came to my house it was just for me so i can right have this wonderful visage of festivity see i can understand putting it up immediately after halloween no you're like right like, let's go i think it went up on like the 27th of october that is uh, that is weird i loved it that's oh, you're your your life is total chaos. I said it was great. You, and how do you, how do you far, live this way? It has been a wonderful festive season. Mm-hmm. I've watched many films, Christmas films. Yeah, and also not Christmas films. What you been hitting up? Uh, been well, I haven't watched Die Hard yet. Got to leave that for Christmas Eve. Okay, have to. Have to. Uh-huh. You don't have like uh-huh. you could watch it as many times as you want, but no, you have to. It's a Christmas Eve movie as well. Uh, watch the Christmas Chronicles two. Oh, yeah, haven't got around to that yet. Have you watched the first one? I believe I did, yes. It is pretty great. You know. I also watched The Christmas Chronicles 1, but uh-huh. new films we're talking about. You did a, a Chronicle-a-thon. I did, but I did it Christmas, the other way around. Christmas, Narnia. I watched the first, the second one, and then I went back and watched the first one after okay. that. Okay. So you, you were just inspired, and you were like, you know, like, you know what, I need to revisit the lore. I need to go back to the foundations. I do love me a little bit of Kurt Russell. 
I'm I'm glad that he's that he's done it. Yeah. Have you seen Fat Man yet? Yes. Have you seen Fat Man? No. Dude. Should though. You should. But it's weird though. It's on like once a day. Because you missed out on the two weeks when it was on at a normal time. Yeah, but why was Fat Man screened like before Christmas time? Like, why is Fat Man already over? It was screened like late November. Yeah, so not Christmas. Well, it's for for capitalism. For capitalism, it's Christmas. How is it good? Fat Man. Yeah. Fat Man is. Yes, actually, I'd say it's good. Huh. It's surprisingly festive. For that kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. Like, it actually has moments of actual Santa stuff going that on. That will go a long way for me, I think, that, yeah, yeah. That they yeah. follow through on the, the Christmasness of it rather than just use that as a jumping off point and forget about it. It's it surprisingly stays a lot with um, Walton Goggins. Oh, it's, good. Yeah, it's it's very, very heavily a two-man movie. Always want more Wally Goggs. Mm. So, no, it's not bad. Not okay. bad. Hashtag oh. recommend. Okay, here's my question. Here's my question for you. Here's a, I thought we could have a bit of a Christmas discussion here. Okay. Before we get well, going. That's clearly started happening. Um, what is the most Christmassy Daniel Craig movie? Because he hasn't done an out-and-out Christmas film yet. The most Christmassy? Yeah, like, you know, it's, like it's Christmas, but you also want some Craig. What are you going to throw on? I feel like the answer is pretty obvious. Well, the dream house is set during winter. You, yeah, dream house is snowy. They have snow. In but if you're talking house. about snow, surely you're looking at girl with dragon tattoo. But is there snow in that? It's just cold. No, it's it's it snows. Does it? Yeah. Okay, cool. It is snowing. I think dream. And house. it's also in like sweet. It's in like it's n- it's in I, the North Pole, Northlandic yeah. countries. That's a word. It is. It is now. Northland. <laughs> They're in the Northland. They're in Northmold. Northmold. I, I, I sound like I'm world building here. They're in the Northland. Because <laughs> you know, I feel like he ends up in warm, in hot places a lot. Golden Compass. Golden Compass, Golden gets, Compass goes to the North Pole. He does. There does. They he, basically he goes to go the North to Pole. the tundra. Yeah. I think it has to be Golden Compass then. Well, my other pick is knives out in terms of winteriness family coming together family coming together and color scheme definite christmas color scheme that house at christmas like if there was a christmas tree in the corner of that room it would change nothing about the film and it would fit perfectly could you imagine if knives out was set at christmas time it would have been too much could you imagine that shit like they had to set it in what i guess is february otherwise there'd be too much like but Chris Evans, Christmas knits. <laughs> like, I think the Christmas knits go a long way. Christmas knits go a long way in life. We don't get to wear them very often in the country we live in, but... No, because it's hot as balls. But um, so I feel like, yeah, Golden Compass or Knives Out mm-hmm. are the top two. Which one of those two are you going with, though? I'd go with Golden Compass. Really? Yeah, because it features the North Pole. Yeah, I guess. And it's for children. And it's for children. Yeah. So that makes it more Christmassy. And there's magic. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's magic. It's sort of like Narnia adjacent, even yeah. though it's like thematically a massive critique I would go of with the good C.S. version Lewis. of what the Golden Compass movie could have been, as being yeah. Daniel Craig's. Possibly. Actually, looking back, I think one of my comments was this should have been a Christmas movie when we watched the Golden Compass. So I guess there's that. Um, 
And if, if that was Christmassy, it would have probably improved it. Whereas if Knives Out had Christmas on top, it would just be sort of like it would be like two Iron layers Man 3's of Christmas. Like yeah. Iron Man Three is a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas movie. It's set at Christmas. Yeah, but it's not. About it's just because that's what Shane Black loves to do. Exactly, and that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine. I'm not trying to take that away from it. But that's what Knives Out would be. Okay. What do you think is a Christmas movie in which a character could be replaced by Daniel Craig and make the movie better? Oh, well, uh, I'd answer that with any of them. Boom. But I know what you're saying. Because um, he's not a Santa. Daniel Craig can't be a Santa. He could He could do the, the slapstick of one of the people breaking in in Home Alone. I was going to say that he could be a bad guy for Home Alone. Yeah. And not even need to be slapstick. He could be like the the main bad guy and he has henchmen. And the henchmen get the slapstick stuff, but he's like yep. proper menacing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'd do that pretty good. He could also just be the father who leaves a kid at home and has to fight through the city. He'd make a good diehard. Like, a diehard with Daniel Craig would be kind of cool. He, uh, he wouldn't like to do it. But as good guy or bad guy? Both. Because he could do either. Yes. Do both. Yeah. Just mustache. That's no the, no other prosthetics or anything. Just mustache. No accent in either role. <laughs> They're brothers. And so and there's the evil twin who who's who's doing the, who's doing this whole thing and he knows what's going on, but the good twin doesn't know because they don't see each other for most of the movie, and then eventually they confront one another in the in the in the vent thing, and then they have um, some this. sort of duel. Thirty years after Die Hard took place. Mm-hmm. Nineteen eighty eight. So now-ish. Yeah. Two young boys have grown up without a father, not knowing who their father was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he died in L.A. in 1988. The Dukagi sons. No, I was oh. going to go with, like, Hans Gruber's sons. Or the, yes, yeah, the Groobs. The, the Groobs, the Groobies. Old, old Groobies. <laughs> and so Daniel Craig plays both of them. Obviously, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do a Tom Hardy legend type thing. Yes, mm-hmm. plays both of them, and then they realize one of them realizes who their father was uh-huh. and what he stood for, and mm-hmm. follows that path and becomes an exceptional thief. Mm-hmm. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> linking, linking it all back in, linking it in. I like. And it. the other one realizes the error in in those ways and becomes just a regular small town cop. Uh huh. In a small town that has one high-rise building that they could both get trapped in on Christmas Eve. So McLean doesn't come back into this. This is just the story of the Groobs. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Just in Germany. Well, but McLean, just everyone speaks McLean's English. not in the Christmas movies anymore. He's out blowing up Russia for some reason. True. These dudes are doing Christmas heists. And thwarting <laughs> Christmas heists. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to where it started, man. Or you have the two Groobs go after... <laughs> McLean the today, <laughs> the groomsmen <laughs> go the, after the old, groobs, old McLean. The groomsmen lads go after McLean, or maybe Baby McLean. Oh, but I don't like Jai Courtney. Yeah, Baby McLean recast as want, um, Jason want, Clark. I want Jai. I want Jai Courtney to be in something good. The groomsmen could be Jason Clark. Jason Clark plays both the groups. Why Jason Clark? Because I just love him and I want him in stuff. Why? And they. He doesn't like them. And they go after Baby McLean, who's played by Henry Golding. But Daniel Craig's got him in then, the movie. We got on this subject because Oh yeah, Daniel where does Daniel Craig come into it? He's, He's the groobs. No, Daniel... He, he could play a young Aryan. 
<laughs> he could be Carl's he can, son. He could play an Aryan of any age. Yeah. The son of Carl. So, that's the title of the movie, Son, son of, of Carl. Carl. <laughs> Nobody knows the reference until you see it and they're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, yeah. Oh, that Carl. Because they, they, they actually have to show you a clip. And it's not relevant to the plot at all. It's just like a, it's a film like Michael Clayton or something. And there's, oh, incidentally, his dad was a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> son of Carl. Son of his Carl. dad was a secondary character in a his, movie from 30 years yeah. ago. His dad was a henchman or groomsman, as they were called then. Yes, they were, and shall forever now be. In a, in, in a group attack. <laughs> oh, God. Well, did you have any other questions for Christmas time? Well, we've, we've talked about it a little bit there, but if you're going to pitch a Christmas movie to Daniel Craig, Ooh. you're like, Daniel, Christmas 2021, you know, you can do anything now. Okay. What does he do? There are several options. I yes. reckon family holiday. Somewhere cold, uh-huh. storm hits, they're trapped. It's not a horror movie, it's a survival movie at Christmas. Right. Lawyer dad who's distant from his family because he's always working, something like that. Trapped in somewhere, avalanche takes place, etc. Mm-hmm. Natural disaster, survival movie, very intense. People okay. losing fingers. Not sounding that Christmassy thus but far. But it's set at Christmas. Yeah. But set at Christmas though. Sure, but if then, then I don't feel like I'm... because. You want then, you want that Christmas feel? Well, if it's a survival movie, you can't even put a Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> like, there's no. No, they use it. They use that Christmas tree for several different things, uh-huh. like warmth. He like uses. They're on like a private jet, and it crashes, and it had Christmas decorations in it. So then he has to use like the Christmas lights as rope nice. to like lasso a wolf or something. Nice. Yep. What okay. if? What if? Okay. What if it's a movie where he uh, is an Arctic scientist of some kind? Along with his scientific team, he'd fit very well into mm-hmm. Arctic science, study, yep. studying polar bears Doing for conservatism. Of... Uh-huh. Yep, and he proves Santa Claus is real. And he has to help Santa Claus save Christmas. Because mm-hmm. Santa Claus, for some reason, the ice shelf is breaking because of global warming. Climate change, message. So, 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 so Daniel's up there in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, trying right. to save the polar bears. Trying to save polar bears. Noble because, cause. Because of course he would, because he's bloody... As you would. Bloody soft-hearted fella. And he's, like, real, real north. Like, he's a lot north. He's almost feeling dizzy because the amount of world that is spinning up there mm-hmm. is less than the rest of the world mm-hmm. that spins. Yeah. He's in a place where... and then, But weirdly, it's always night, so then there's a bit of a... Like a... a tw- glow on a the A 20 horizon. days of night happened thing. But then the, there's a so glow then on the So then vampire polar bears come in. How big do you reckon Santa's village is? What, in real life <laughs> or in this film? Both. This film uh, is based on true events. Yeah, in real life, I would think I think it, it's got to be Polo Express style. Yep, cool. Thoughts? Yeah. Good thoughts. Yeah, it's got, Polo Express is the only one that's I like done it Polo correctly. Express style, but how the Santa Claus movie does it and that it's under the ice shelf, mm-hmm. so we ain't be able to see it. Yeah. All of those satellite images are correct, but we just can't see through the snow. Yeah. Sure. Down to massive metropolis of elves. What if we do one where Daniel Craig is Santa Claus, but they live, but it's a, but they prove flat Earth and they live beyond the ice wall, and that's why no one's seen them. <laughs> they prove flat Earth. Yeah, we prove <laughs> it's a it's a flat Earth supportive movie, and we just go into everything. It's like QAnon's real. We just build it all in. Did we talk about the cubed Earth? Uh, no. There's a cubed earth one now? No, I think we thought of the cubed earth idea. And that we're on the flat earth, which is one side of the cubed earth. But there's six earths. But there's six earths. And you go off one side and you're at another one. 
I like love that idea. <laughs> it's very Terry Pratchett, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then where's the turtle? No, it's a dice. Okay. Currently it's rolling. Or it's we're we're currently the, rolling. The rolling of the dice is what generates the sort of the, the dynamic the, energy yeah. movement that generated creation. But so when the dice are. lands one earth will be destroyed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> when, it, when it lands, only one earth is the right way up and all the other ones are destroyed somehow. The like, massive um, like universal D&D game that's being played by some mm. eldritch god who's just rolled this dice. Yeah. Is, it takes a very long time to complete one mm. turn. So and each so and so on because it's a, a dice. All of the different worlds have a different value exactly. for the beings that are playing. The and game. our world, as yeah. it comes out in like book. What do you four, reckon we are? Probably a book three. Four, I think it was going to be a three or four. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. We ain't the best world, but we ain't the shittest world. Mm-hmm. You know. So then the story would be: some people figure out that this is the situation. And so then they know that at a certain point, the dice is going to come to rest. And if we don't figure out how to make sure our world is the one on the top, we will be destroyed. But then once you establish contact with the other worlds... Someone's always got to be on the bottom. Yeah. And so how do you make those ethical decisions of which world should be the one on the top? But then you think, hang on, if we can anticipate which world's going to be the one on the top by the time the roll ends... If everybody could, moves there, it evacuate. changes the weight of the whole thing. Yeah, if everyone, go, if everyone goes to the one place, the weight on that side will make that be the bottom of the dice yeah. when the roll lands. We and are loading the dice. Everyone dies. So, the, so then you have to figure out a way around that. This is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it. Dice world. No. It can't be Dice World, because that's Discworld, but, like, one letter changed. Worlds of Dice. No, I like, I like the Six Earths, or the Cubed Earth. The Cubed Earth is a cool... Cube World. No, just the Cubed Earth. It doesn't have to have world in it. I want to but I want to put... Nope. The world of the Cubed, cubed Cu- Earth. Cubelet. Planet Cube. No. Cubelet. Still sticking with Cubelet. I feel like we've we kind of migrated away from Christmas a little bit here. The other option is... <laughs> A, one of those Robert Zemeckis ones where Daniel Craig plays everyone, you know, and he can, as in like the Polar Express, yeah, and he just like Andy Circus's his way through all these different roles. Bring I'm him and Andy honest, Circus back. I do not think Daniel Craig is capable of changing his voice enough to sound like more than two people. <laughs> we in just film. dub the other ones, you know. <laughs> no, it's not going to work. That way, you can do you know different ethnicities, and it's not really racist. It would still Andy be Circus can make enough accents and sounds. To sound like different people, mm-hmm. just like Tom Hanks can for a movie like The Polar Express. Yeah. I don't think Daniel has that because his voice has that specific It's very distinctive. Tone. Could voice a reindeer or something? He could. He'd be... He could. He could do the elf too. And Buddy's son. The son of elf. But like washed up 50 old. I want Daniel Craig to be a washed up something or other. Surfer. He was a washed up surfer mm-hmm. living in Hawaii. It's a Hawaiian Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be cold. He could be the scientist working with the polar bears and he discovers that Hawaii is a great place for them to go. No, he discovers Santa Claus, but it's full it's it's in the elf universe. So it's all the same sort of design and there's the narwhal and everything. Hi Daniel. Hi buddy. I hope, hope you save the bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And one night the polar bears just start talking to him because they've been able to this whole time and he thinks he's going mad. 
I just want Daniel to have Christmas on his own with his family, having a lovely time, and we don't need to see it. I'm not saying I want to see Daniel's real Christmas. Actually. I mean, I'm sure... Imagine the sweaters he probably wears. None. Does him and... Uh, he's just t-shirt and... Him and, him and Rachel, you reckon, matching? Well, he's probably hot for making the Christmas dinner. You know, it's hot in the, in the kitchen. You know, he's working so hard, probably tea towel over the shoulder. So you reckon just for Just carving their, away. For their close carving personal friends. Carving away. Do you reckon there's like a family photo Christmas card? For their close personal friends? Yeah, maybe. Do you reckon they did a COVID-safe Christmas photo with Santa this year? Man, if there was ever a year to be a store Santa, it's this year. Talk, Don't have to touch talk any Talk about kids. phoning it in. You just sit there. <laughs> next. Yep. Take it. All right. What do you want? I can't hear you. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Next. Yep. No, don't come any closer, please. This is brilliant. Click. We got it. Good. All right. Get out of here. Actually, you know what? I'm the same in all of these. So if we do a Photoshop system, then they can just come up and have their photo taken and just stick See, me next to See, that's what I thought would have been a smarter idea, is just have your cardboard cut out of Santa and the kids get to sit on a lap of like just a chair. So it looks like they're having a photo with Santa. The kids yes. will be fine with that. Like, look, oh, man, that's a picture of Santa. Yeah. Get your photo taken with the picture of Santa. Mm. Our good friends who have a baby have said they're going to get the COVID safe for Santa COVID photo. safe Santa photo this year just for the nostalgia of it. Like, <laughs> that was the year when you had to do a COVID safe Santa photo. That might be the way they do Santa photos forever now. Well, talk about the people who need to be getting the vaccine ASAP. Get it to the Santas. Yeah. The vaccine is to save Christmas. I've loved all the people standing up in parliaments in different countries being like, just to confirm that it has been decided that Santa Claus is exempt from the social distancing requirements <laughs> and that we have, we have, we, uh, you know, the public health directors have determined things, yeah. that uh, the, the COVID regulations this year will not be interfering with the, with, with Santa's ability to enter people's homes and to conduct his normal business. I saw a meme that someone had created warning people to like get their kids to ask for like sturdy gifts because he's just going to be like slam dunking shit down, down chimneys <laughs> instead of going inside <laughs> your house. Why did I ask for this Ming vase? <laughs> Damn it. Dry martini. We miss you. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's. One of vodka. Shake it over rice and then thin slice of lemon. Yes. All right, Isaac. Yes, Mr. Sam. How can I help? So we're we're back. I've got I've got a couple of things. Okay. To run through with you. <laughs> so, um, there's no other way around it. I, I, I fucked up. Okay. I've made, I've made an error. Yep. I made a, made a mistake. Why? Okay. Why? There's no, there's no, there's no other way to put it. What was your mistake? And I kind of, in a way, I like that this has happened <laughs> because it's really. I've described this podcast in the past as like a sand mandala. 
Where... As in when you finish, you can just start and move on and, and make another pattern in this corner. Yeah, but also that it's very explicitly kind of an exercise in pointlessness. Yeah. You know. and Futility. Yeah, futility. Not in that it doesn't contain value. You know, I mean, you know, like the sand mandala, it's beautiful, it's intricate, it's moving, maybe. It's, uh, it's educational, it's inspirational. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know... It will all, you know, it will go the way of all things, and uh, we're not we're not doing this in order to, you know, to gain anything. You know, we're not doing this to ascend on any sort of hierarchy. And so, in a way, I like that this mistake really shows that no learning has happened this whole time, because when we did our first episode of Craigslist about the power of one, we got Daniel Craig's age wrong by about ten years. Yep. And didn't realize it at any point during that recording. Yep. Didn't realize it for quite a long time afterwards, actually. Yep. And you'd think after doing upwards of 40 episodes of this, we'd be quite on the ball with what is what is in Daniel Craig's career and, and, and where we're up to with it. Sure. Uh, but having thought we were finished... Mm-hmm. There's more. But is there? Yeah. There's three things Uh that I missed. (laughs) And how I found them, because they're not on Wikipedia. This is just an omission. And that's been my fault. I've been going off the Wikipedia filmography. This is just... Completely understandably. Completely understandably. But there's just a bald... Uh, so, hello everyone, welcome to Exceptional Thieves, by the way. This is a podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. Isaac. And this is our latest episode of Craig's List, our special series. We're watching the entire filmography of the one Sir Lord Burton's best actor, Daniel Craig, in the lead up to No Time to Die, to take our minds off coronavirus. And just for no reason, just because we're massive Craig Kistadors, as we presume you also are, for listening. So, I recently received, as you can see here, the Daniel Craig, the definitive biography yeah. by Sarah Marshall. After after we've been enjoying the Daniel Craig biography by Sarah Marshall, uh, last month she brought out the definitive biography. And at the back of the definitive biography, it has Daniel's filmography. Oh, lovely. Now, you remember we were worried about I, Lucifer, that he shaved his head for. Yes. We could find that's gone. So I think she agrees that that never happened. Good. Even though Daniel Craig shaved his well, head for it. Well, they didn't film. No, it never filmed. It has one thing in here that I started to panic about, which uh, is a TV drama from 2017 called Purity, but that never filmed either. Okay. Which is weird because this book has come out a month ago and it's still got something that was on the schedule for 2017, but then it got postponed when No Time to Die was coming out. But what it does also have that I have confirmed the existence of three other TV shows from 1992. So, there's, so he's in an episode of Boone, which is that it went. It was like a crime drama, but the main character is an ex-firefighter or something. Okay. Anyway, one of those. Um, he's in the pilot episode of Covington Cross. Which is like a medieval TV show, I think. Is it the court? 
Uh, Is it no. like your, the office I, bit? Oh, if only. Maybe. We'll find out. Will we? <laughs> and he's also in... Um, a TV, and this isn't on. This isn't in this book. I just found this on IMDb. Another three-part miniseries called Anglo-Saxon Attitudes. Yeah, which yeah. Also from, and he's in all three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so where that lands us is uh, that episode of the Castle Show is just on YouTube. Uh huh. I've been able to access the episode of Boone on BritBox. Ah, oh, cool. Which I'm is glad the that thing exists BBC now. ITV streaming service that we can now get in Australia. Anglo-Saxon Attitudes, however, is currently inaccessible unless I just buy another eBay DVD, which won't get here for a few weeks. Um... Needless to say, I found this quite deflating when I made these discoveries. Yep. Um, I Anglo what's Anglo-Saxon attitudes is on the Acorn TV streaming service, which is kind of related to Amazon Prime, but will but only in America. And even when I set my VPN to America... Amazon's funny about that. Yeah, yeah you need to have a US address and payment method yes. before they'll let you watch it. And I can't figure out a way around that. So I'm not sure what we want to do about that. I'm just Googling English language accent attitudes at the moment. Just to see what it is. Yeah. A fun name, right? Sounds so engaging. It's IMBD reviews are not terrible. Yeah, but my point is, does he do anything? Or well, is he just an extra? And Well, in that, I think he's a character. He's an extra in the castle show. Okay, then we don't watch the castle show. Because we've well, not put anything see, in Isaac, where he's an extra. But there isn't anything where he's an extra. The castle show. See, Isaac, I understand the sort of basic value of your argument. As long as he has more to do than he did in that terrible episode. Hey, of... we did Saint X. We did Saint X. And, yes. and if we've done Saint X, there's nothing we shouldn't do. <laughs> Boone, Covington. I like that because you've been searching these things. You specifically have been searching these things. Mm-hmm. The IMDb algorithm has made more like this for this one <laughs> come up. So the fact that your access has gone through the same things and found, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Those things, they're all related. So Covington Cross is I think well. where, where this puts us is it just needs to be a bit of a reorientation of where we thought we were. Finished. And that maybe this is going to go for a little bit longer. Because also... Well, we do have until April, until yeah, the yeah. film comes out. Yeah. I just really got it in my head this is going to be done by Christmas. Uh-huh. Well, it but can it's, be. it's not. It can be. You don't have to air this conversation. We could have had this conversation off-air and decided 
What about Anglo-Saxon attitudes? We have we could have had this conversation on air and decided in a, on our own that yeah. this never happened. No, no, we're having an on mic production meeting right now. We are, and what you ne- I need to hear a methodological argument for how we could justify excluding these pieces of work. Yeah, given um, given that we did the Heineken ads, <laughs> we can skip them purely by if we want to skip them. Because we are adults. Yeah, but, but I will only want to do that <laughs> if uh, you know if there's um, if you know if there's a logic to it. Because logic is what's driven this you know is this it? whole time. Is it? And so I'm not I'm not <laughs> going to abandon the rigor all, of our method at this, this this late stage. Also, we're not done because I found something else. Yes. Is so, it an audio book? No. Damn it. So I was scroll. I was having a scroll Daniel. through the, and this is like this is what really made me feel like I'd found everything. So the fact that there's these three other shows was very disheartening. <laughs> I mean, we've discussed Daniel Craig's theatre work a few times. We have, and the tragedy that we're not able to access any of Daniel Craig's theatre work. Is there a bootleg? Have you found a bootleg? It's not a bootleg. It's a properly recorded. In 1997. Nice. Daniel Craig was in a production of The Rover. Okay. <laughs> also starring Andy Serkis Ooh. and Doug Ray Scott. And uh, done through open the BBC Open University Productions. And it was filmed as a DVD for educational purposes. Now, Isaac, you might think that's quite a difficult thing to find. You well, might think, logically, you would think so, yeah. You might think random theatrical educational DVDs from 1997 might be a little bit difficult. But through some internet searches, <laughs> I was able to find mm-hmm. a list of all the university libraries that stopped <laughs> the DVD of The Rover from 1997. Is the university that you currently um, are completing your PhD... One of the libraries in that list? One of those libraries was the University of Queensland. <laughs> and so I was able to drive across town to one of their library buildings, go up to level three, go right down the back where no one else was. Had to get down on my hands and knees to follow along the bottom shelf to find the unmarked dvd of the (laughs) rover there is no dvd cover case it just has its name on it that's beautiful on blank paper that is beautiful are we watching this tonight we can if we want it's probably very long because it's a full-on play well let's see some plays are like two act or one act maybe we could watch this tonight or we could watch one of these accessible episodes (laughs) Um, so 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 there's that as well. That's crazy. That it just, I'm quite proud of that one. That that's proper detective work though, right? Mm. I like it. Thanks, Daniel. Doesn't have a big picture of Daniel Craig on it or anything. That's the first DVD out of all of these that haven't. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the first DVD I've taken out of a university library. Yeah, I've taken DVDs out of libraries, but not university libraries, and not legally. Mm. I thought I should also cover, so I read, so there's more material in the Daniel Craig definitive biography, and yes, it is one chapter that is 
really very basically just tacked on at the end. Yeah. Very, it's called an epilogue. It's not. It's just an, it's just some more of the stuff that happened. As in, like she wrote how much? How much more did she write for the definitive? I guess it comes out to. I mean, to publish another book, she wrote ten pages. This DVD gives it's... you instructions on how to put it in. Place the disc into the tray. Close the tray and press play. Yes, here's some advice on how to manage your new DVD technology. She wrote thirty pages. Oh, cool. And I, I had a, I had a few notes from it. Um, there. Are names misspelt in the 2012 version of this book that have not been corrected <laughs> in this new edition? So you're, you're assuming she didn't really... They're still wrong. You didn't read through. And yeah. in the... Well, it's two added uh, chapters that are about 15 pages each. One of them refers to his performance, his uh, appearance on the Jimmy Kemmel show. Oh, it says Kemmel. Yeah. Oh, God. Is it Kemmel? No, it's K-E. M M E L. Yeah. Yuck. So I thought that was quite funny. Um, <laughs> it refers to all the the amazing reviews that Spectre got when it came out. So I'm not sure what they're working with there. And so the book lies. Yeah. And here's a question: it, it it quotes a interview from Sam Mendes talking about, I think Skyfall, and he's talking about how trying to use it as a... He says, we've never really had the Bond creation myth. And so this was an opportunity to explore the Bond creation myth through this story. Cool. Kind of. But the books would have done that once or twice. Well, for me, Casino Royale is the Bond creation myth. I think his point of view is the Bond origin myth. I think... The Bond creation, yes, is Casino Royale where it becomes who Bond mm. is supposed to be, but origins of where he's actually from. I don't yeah. even think Skyfall does that. Well, no. No. You'd only do it by doing a new story with a younger actor and going right back there. Exactly, when Robert Pattinson gets yeah. cast. I think that's kind of, kind of been kind of our issue with the later Craigs where Casino Royale so boldly set up who the character is and where we're going. And then we've kind of kept going back. Right. Kept going back. Daniel Radcliffe as Bond. No. Yeah. Daniel no. Radcliffe as M. Now I'm interested. Money Penny. Oh. Just in the office the whole time. Nice. Just doing just doing office comedy. And having be really bad and is always dropping files and stuff. Daniel really, Radcliffe would love that. Got a really bad comb over for the whole series until the end when the wind blows <laughs> and there's a scar. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just in the shape of a moon or something. Oh, something different. Something different for a change. Um, <laughs> the Daniel Craig definitive biography quotes ASAP Rocky. What did he say? It's in the discussion about who should play the next James Bond. Oh, cool. And cool, he's cool. one of the people who says something about it. And the Daniel Craig book just quotes him <laughs> and no one else talking about whether they should be the next James Bond or not. Quote, what does he say? It's, it, like, does... I'm, I don't want to be mean to you, Sarah, but it... So much that's just just feel like what's in the Daniel Craig biography is entirely dependent on what has been in the Daily Mail in the in during that period. <laughs> it's like what stories are in the Daily Mail? That's the material we have. Well, it's cobble it together works. out of that. I think so. Or yeah. so um, Daily Mail adjacent anyway. What did um, what did ASAP ASAP Rocky ASAP Rocky? But the S is a dollar sign. Oh, a half Rocky. 
Him and Donald Trump had lots of like Twitter, like sort of friendly Twitter interactions. I think where Donald Trump, like he was in, I think ASAP was in prison or something, and Donald Trump was tweeting like, "Release ASAP Rocky." <laughs> yeah, I'd get the job done, and I'll look better than any other Bond that has ever lived. All I need is a six pack. Oh, you mean the said. rapper wants to play Bond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adding that he could easily use his street skills to bring the role to life. I, th- I think I'm. I mean, I'm. Is interested- he British? I'm, you know, I'm actually not sure, and I'm not that interested in checking. I, I, I've been in group fights before <laughs> at a day, Sat Rocky, of understanding what goes on in a real fight. This kid pulled out a gun and was hitting people with the butt of it. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of that. And then it goes on to something Pierce Brosnan said. Why is that in here? <laughs> Because it's definitive. I don't feel like... <laughs> it's definitive. <laughs> He's been in real fights. <laughs> no, no, that, no, that no is, Isaac. That's getting your word count up right He's there. been in group <laughs> fights before. Yeah, I think maybe they wrote this. He's like, oh, it's, it's only 20 more pages. I've got to do something. <laughs> Who? Bond, what have people said? ASAP Rocky said something. We get to find out what Daniel Craig has for breakfast while he's training, according to his trainer, the ex-Royal Marines Commando Simon Watterson. What do you reckon it is? Guess. Uh, for breakfast? Yeah, training uh, breakfast. Eggs, broccoli, uh, rice. There's eggs. He has rye bread, nice. poached eggs, avocado, kimchi, and kale. That's a Big break. That's a good breakfast. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, except for the kale part, I'd replace that with spinach. Delicious spinach. Yeah, kale's just like kale's like. Why would you do that? It's like spinach, but have spinach. Like if if spinach has been left in the sun. Yes, or if spinach has been peed on, and then left in the sun, and then left in the sun, then microwaved. And then, but then he has shots of turmeric, lemon, and ginger. Shots. Yeah, like. Separate or like mixed together? I don't know. Maybe mixed. <laughs> I like that that will wake you a up. A shot of turmeric, just like the powder of turmeric. <laughs> just poofs, <laughs> poofs up in the face. Quick, the lemon, the lemon. Oh, my eyes. Give me the ginger. Give me the ginger. Why is it just ground ginger? Oh, God. I'm never doing another one of these. Um, <laughs> yeah. He does a cinnamon challenge every day. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> I like to think that Daniel Craig doesn't do social media because he does all the challenges too many times. Like he's still doing that AI like, ice, ice bucket challenge. He just he just knows he can't let himself get get into it. Once he starts doing challenges, that's all he'll so, do all day. He's been doing that that weird dance that all the kids do from Fortnite. Yeah. Every every morning he gets up, c- cinnamon challenge, ice bucket, then he hits the gym. <laughs> That's how you. That's how you achieve greatness. Yeah. You grind. That's the secret. Yeah, it just mixes in just cinnamon and gunpowder and just snorts it in a, a massive line. Ouch! That'd be awful. Wouldn't it? Yeah. That um, and they there's an interesting quote from Steven Soderbergh about Logan Lucky, where apparently pretty much everything about his character was up to Daniel Craig. Nice. He said, I said to Daniel, you can come up with how they talk, what they look like, how they act, and you don't have to do any press if you don't want to. <laughs> that guy knows how to get Daniel Craig in his film. <laughs> that's, that's a definite yes. He's like, you had me at no press. <laughs> yeah. And you have to be on set for two weeks. Yes. Thank I'm you very there. much. I am there. 
So what do you want to do tonight? What would you like? Because we do? could just stop now and watch these things independently, and then come back together in a little while. Well, we could. We have. We haven't hung out in a long time. We can hang out now, eat some pizza, and chill. Yeah, watch a movie. Hang out, and then I'll try and watch this. How long do you have it on hire from the library? It's an eighty-day hire. <laughs> I think I've I've had it for a while. The library. Um, I mean, I got it just in case anyone else got it. You know, obviously. So yeah, so the next so the next time we can do we can do this, Boone, Boone the episode of um, the Castle Show. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can watch the Castle Show together. Carrington something around. Yeah, don't look that one up. And then the um, fucking Anglo-Saxons. <laughs> it's gonna it have to be like in it January. Even sound it sounds so sounds so bad. It, it sounds, sounds so, like what a shit. It sounds like the most boring documentary. It sounds Ever. like the most, like, a boring, but not a documentary. It sounds like what they would play after an episode of Mr. Bean. Anglo-Saxon. It sounds like a racist magazine. <laughs> you for know? a book club. You know. A, a book club for a well, small church welcome, in a town where there's not, like... Welcome it's a back town to White Thoughts. A very multicultural town, but it's only recently multicultural. Yeah. So like Anglo-Saxon more. Attitudes is the book club that's come up where we just discuss white people and they're like should we change the book club name now that <laughs> since we took in all those lovely refugees i feel like the book club is <laughs> no one's joined the book club <laughs> we keep inviting them and they will not maybe we shouldn't call it anglo-saxon we're power. Reading the power of one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so inclusive so so i think the last episode of this show before no time to die is going to be an in-depth analysis of anglo-saxon attitudes <laughs> Well, what we're actually going to do now is go and watch Boone. Okay. And then we're going to come back and talk about it. Tonight. Right now. Okay. We're about to go watch Boone on BritBox. Okay. And give our analysis. All right. See you soon, guys. (laughs) Okay. So I messed up again. What's up? And I'm confused. Okay. Because I swear... I we played some of the episode of Boone uh-huh. on BritBox. Yeah. But now it is refusing to let me see it. Because of where you are? It recognizes that you because Amazon is evil. I mean this is I mean this is this is Jeff Bezos' final revenge. Bezos, Bezos hatred, We're back yeah. on Bezos talk like I think as we should be. I mean, we've been hitting Bezos pretty hard throughout this podcast, as everyone expects from a Daniel Craig focused show. <laughs> and he but he's having the last laugh here because they've they can tell when you've got a VPN. Is the Britbox part of Amazon though? I was accessing Britbox through my Amazon Prime account. And you can access Britbox, but not all of BritBox and Boone Series Seven is one of the things only available in the UK or the United States. Okay, can you access BritBox a with a different account though? Like, if I go home, turn my VPN on, and go to the UK slash Ireland, can I access BritBox without signing into Amazon? Because Amazon won't work if I try that. Um, yes, but it but it's the same for BritBox. It it's not available on BritBox in this country either. And also, they are now recognizing you need to have a U.S. billing address and credit card. 
So I've gone down what feels like quite illegal pathways here over the last sort of hour with uh, fake credit card generators. <laughs> <laughs> so I've learned that apparently you can just generate num- fake numbers and US addresses. Yeah. And I got perilously close to getting in. <laughs> like I feel quite comfortable because all I'm trying to do is to get a seven-day free trial of something that yeah. you should just be able to get. Yeah. But... Maybe COVID is, um, maybe BritBox is just like following China's trend and hating on Australia for a little bit. Maybe. So Boone has escaped our grasp temporarily. But it's okay. There's a DVD for $60 in America. We don't need the DVD. If we're, if we're meant to watch it, we are meant to watch it. It will. It will come to us. We have until April. We, do, we have a very long time in order to watch it. No, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna so because Boone is off. Yeah. Because of Bezos. Damn, Bezos got us again. You know oh, what? Um, I don't like him. No. No. This is the last straw. <laughs> yeah. You know That's we're done giving it. him. That's it. He's had enough chances. I'm yeah. probably gonna order something again. I'll feel bad about it when I do. He looks too much like Professor Quirrell without his turban. He does look like. Any random bald guy who's not currently wearing a turban. But also with like a weird like weak chin and like, I don't know. He He looks like he's got Voldemort on the back of his head. No, he's the Voldemort. The back of his head is perfectly normal. Well, I think he had Voldemort on the back of his head for a while. And then his evil was so strong. He like absorbed Voldemort like a twin in utero. And Voldemort fled. <laughs> and he's and Vol- currently and hiding Voldemort, out in like, a forest in Norway. Somewhere. Well, I think Voldemort lost control of the situation and got absorbed into his evil aura. And now he's, you know, able to use, he's able to use the, the both of them for his own purposes. Second, Jeff Bezos is the anagram of some other name. Like Tom Marvolo, really. yeah. He turned it into Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Who calls himself <laughs> Jeff? <laughs> no one will think I'm evil if my name's Jeff. <laughs> my name is. My name's Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't let everyone know my real name is Zeus Knievel. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus is in there. I'm pretty sure. Anyway. Um... So Boone's off. So we've got two things. We're gonna we're gonna watch Covington Castley thing, whatever it is, um, which isn't that long. And I'm very excited to for you to see Daniel's role in that. Uh, but we have already watched the Rover. Uh, so we so we watched this. We watched it. When, so when, when when was this play? This play, I believe, was in 1997. Oh my fucking so very exciting that we were able to get uh, the a performance of Daniel Craig on the stage. I can't confirm whether it was performed for audiences as well or not, because this is very much a filmed version done for film, yeah. um, put on by... I kind of think the space that they're in leads to like a whole a group of people standing around the outside as they act out the play in the middle of the space. Yeah, yeah. In, in the round. Yeah. Could be done in the round. Yeah, but yeah. like not even sitting, being forced to stand on that weird sand for mm-hmm. three hours. Yeah, you didn't like the sand? Nah. So no, nah, I didn't. I mean, we've talked about a few things on this podcast that people may not have watched, but this, I think this is pretty. This is as far <laughs> down that path as we've gone. I think this is the most 
likely thing that no one has watched in at least five years. A, pl- a play produced, made for DVD for just educational purposes. It kind of, it felt like being at school watching this. It would this. be nice to be able to find out if the library actually keeps a record of how many times this was ever checked out. Yeah, and why they have it. Yeah. It's glorious that you found it. Isn't it great? That, that in and of itself is amazing. And I'm... Hey, saddened that we had to see it watching it i was like i'm i'm glad we got this because it's a proper daniel craig performance it's a proper performance it's like, a proper play it's if boring we, as fuck isaac if we were out there walking around telling people we've seen everything daniel craig has done and then this was out there we would be liars we would be barefaced liars yep so i'm very i'm i'm relieved that this was able to be i would like to accessed. point out that the dvd case has instructions on how to play it but the picture that is involved in the instructions, he's putting it in upside down. Maybe it's one of those cool double-sided DVDs, like in the old days, remember? But it's not, though. And they it's just put just... the name of the DVD, like, around the inner, like, circle. Around yeah, the, it could be, but the, hole. but that one's not. And the one on the front cover is also upside down. Yeah, so this is the kind of DVD that doesn't come with a cover specific to it. Because it was, it has it a was sort someone of, filmed it with a video camera. It has a generic DVD Look, this is what a DVD is. And when cover. you watch when you watch the movie, the camera time is in the top left hand corner of the screen for the entire. Yeah, and you can't movie. get rid of it. Nope. And it's... I think that's probably why you were more acutely aware of how long it was, because when you can watch the seconds tick by, <laughs> and it's what it's about three hours. It is exactly three hours. Three hours on the dot. Um, so it's so it's, the play is the Rover, also called the Banished Cavaliers. Um, premiered in 1677. Uh, yes, originally premiered in uh, 1677. Apparently, by, people loved it. Uh, yeah, or, written by uh, Afra Ben, who was a woman, mm-hmm. a woman writer. Ben, Ben, I think Ben, 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 B E H N, Ben. And little aside, she had a pretty baller life, by all accounts. She's like one of the first. She was English a spy. Women. Yeah, she's one of the first English women, as far as we can tell, to earn her living by writing. Nice. So breaking all sorts of cultural barriers there. She was born kind of in obscurity. Uh, she was employed by Charles II as a spy in Antwerp. She came back to London, is in just debtor's prison for a while, then just began writing plays and was a part of this sort of group of sort of famous like writers and performers and stuff, including John Wilmot, the very famous Libertine from that movie starring Johnny Depp called The Libertine. Um, check it out. It's pretty good. Massive, just like alcoholic, syphilitic, weirdo genius guy. Um, and probably, probably a bad person overall, but, you know, interesting. Had to write under a pseudonym. There was the exclusion crisis, and to tell our audience about that, obviously. Um, got into... legal trouble and then i think she had to like be in exile for a little while and uh yeah just like a baller and then died when she was 48 as you did in those times yeah not married as far as i can tell just just rocked around doing our own shit the whole time living that fucking baller life yeah and so i like that aspect of of things and so this is a play that has a lot going on, and it's mainly about a group of lads. So it's in Naples. It's set in Naples oh, during is it? carnival oh, cool. time. Does that make clear? Nope. 
Well, they make the choice in this to kind of make it not knit Naples. It's kind of miscellaneous foreign. Yep. Where they are. Because some people have turbans. They people ride rickshaws. It's probably a little bit problematic now, the way in which <laughs> they're just sort of... There's this kind of exoticized uh, way they depict where they are. The, the main guys are English, and they're all played by white English actors. And then everyone native to where they are are primarily non-white actors. They're all English. Yeah. There's the one woman who's Indian, I believe. And I don't know how much that's there's meant to be explicit choices or not. But anyway, people have kind of like Middle Eastern, Moroccan, yeah, I'd slash... Go with the Morocco vibe. Yeah, sort of, of, yeah, it, sort yeah. of yeah, Especially Morocco stylings, which all looks great. Um, and uh, yeah, it is very long. And it's all about... Back, back and forths between these guys and the girls, essentially. In the way a lot of plays from this period seem to have been. Yeah. It's about dudes wooing their ladies without wooing. This was before the time when you could profess your love. It's more about she is my conquest. Or I buy this woman. Yeah. It's it's not fun. And it's, You didn't like it? I didn't like it. I didn't. Why didn't you like it? It's What's boring. not to like? It's boring. Everyone in it is really good. And I really like Great watching Andy Circus. Yeah, so we've got a 1997 Andy Circus. Getting to watch Andy Circus do acting. Who's, yeah. And like see his actual face and shit. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And he's kind he's pretty much it's kind of the main character. Well, he is the titular rover. He is indeed. The only one with an Irish accent in the whole play. He roves around with a pretty solid, like, mild Irish accent. It's pretty the good, yeah. Thing. And he is basically... He falls in love with one woman and is... And is oh, I'll no, meet up with you later. He professes his love with one woman. But, but I think he, like, genuinely... He seems to, like, genuinely like her and want to see her later. And then there's this very famous sort of courtesan i guess they're called in this yeah. there's lots of you know people are sex workers a lot in this sort of time time and place but she's it's but it's more of like a courtesan where it's like a very sort of high profile woman like, like famous woman who is incredibly expensive to be with and yeah. to just sort of blows everyone's minds as soon as they see her and she's sort of Lying around moaning that no one can afford her and no one's sort of worthy of her. And then he comes along to try and like persuade her to sleep with him for no money. And he kind of like convinces her that he has genuine feelings for her. So she, everyone, everyone falls for Andy Circus. Understandably. Whilst he like kind of like fucks everyone over and like tries to sexually assault people at various times. Most of the men in this attempt sexual assault mm-hmm. at one time or another. The only the only one who doesn't is what's his face, Doug Ray Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the he's the and this the, is the regular dude. Yeah, and this everyone is, else is a bit of a dick. Yeah, and this is the this is the the time in uh, a time in history where that like people could try and sexually assault someone, and then we could we could really sort of brush it off afterwards. <laughs> like you could be caught in the middle of it, and you'd it's be like, it's, oh. It's so difficult to get through that many layers of clothes. It's just a misunderstanding. <laughs> I didn't realize she was an aristocratic lady, so there's lots of weird stuff like that. And then apparently she can just forgive you. 
Yeah. When you ask. He's like, oh, don't, don't even worry about it, mate. Um, so we, do you want to go? We don't need to go through the plot. I don't want to go through the plot. I want to oh. talk about Daniel's plot. Let's talk Daniel's about plot is quite entertaining. The Daniel Craig of it all, so because I think in the Rover from 1997, check out your university library if you want to try and. This is probably my favorite Daniel facial facial hair in any in any film. Remind me, he's got a goatee in this movie. He's got an actual goatee. Yeah. Like everybody did when they went to drama school. And also, we have never seen him play this type of character before. True stories. He did a couple of comedic things, like little tiny things to the camera Mm. that clearly aren't in the script. And they were quite fun. Yeah. Well, in this, he's a fool. Yes. We've never seen nothing else so far. Does Daniel Craig play a buffoon? But in this, he is he's kind of a kind of a rube. The he whole is. Time. He is the butt of many a joke. Yeah. There's Andy Circus, who's the cool, swashbuckling soldier type who wears his soldier jacket all undone the whole time. He and he's mates with Doug Ray Scott and that other guy. Yeah, Frederick. Yeah, who are like military adjacent, maybe. But they're all they're all like cool and they get it. And <laughs> Daniel Craig is meant to is this guy who's meant to be sort of raised in a very protected environment and is not very worldly at all and He's just like falls for everything. The rich friend for these dudes who've fought their way up in the world and reached a point. Yeah. Yet he's the aristocratic kid who just hangs out with them because they're the cool kids. Yeah, and he but he's kind of bankrolling everyone. Yeah. Then then he and he gets tricked out of all of his money and his clothes. He gets robbed. I thought they murdered him. When it happened, I'm like, okay, so that's where the murder comes in. There's still half this plane now without Daniel Craig, so that's great. But nobody yeah. got murdered. No, nobody got murdered. I think we were cheated out of naked Craig in this, to be honest. You because reckon? We get pantsless Craig, but he has old-timey, like, he has leggings long and stuff on. Yeah. yeah. And, I th- and everyone's, like, laughing at him and making fun of him like he's naked. So I think in, like... When the play in 1677 terms, he is naked, but for us, it's like, well, we've seen a lot of naked Craig over the last for, few months. Isaac, for 1997 school audiences, he was not naked. Yeah, but maybe, yeah, maybe for school. Yeah, and he doesn't, he doesn't really like learn anything or change. Uh, well, he Just... gets he gets um, robbed and tricked and made a fool of, mm. and then we don't see him for about an hour. Um, yeah, and then when pulls we do, a bit of our friends in the north on us in the middle. When there. we do see him after the fourth act and into the fifth one, he is completely in a rage at all women, and he yes. goes on a massive monologue about the fact that now he hates women and any woman who comes near him, he hates mm. her. And yeah. so immediately after finishing said monologue... He's like hiding out in an attic with no clothes or money. Yeah, he's living like in Doug Ray Scott's house. Yeah. Um, still covered in sand. Uh, and immediately after like telling the audience how much he hates women, a young lady comes in seeking shelter. Hmm. One of the other main characters. One of the other main characters who's, it turns out, is the love interest for Doug Ray Scott's character. Yet yeah. Daniel Craig sees her... And is just amazed that the world would send him a victim straight away. And pro- proceeds to attempt for yeah. a very long time. Yeah, with the help of Frederick, to after a while. have their way with her. Yeah, and it's the kind of stuff that in like modern day kind of plays as... 
like an the abhorrent behavior of a psychopath. Yeah. But in the context of this play, it was like, oh, men just going through their turbulent feelings. Yeah. And you know. the regular dudes turn up, so they hide her in the closet. She doesn't call out for help because apparently she's not afraid for her life. And they chat for a little while. It's then realized that she is the love of Belleville or whatever his name is. Yeah, but old, Belvoir. Old Doug Ray. Old Belle, Belle, Belleville. Um, An English colonel deeply in love with Florinda, this woman. There you go. Um, prov- Despite they, the disapproval of her brother, Pedro. She turns out to be that chick, so he just says, Oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, It's okay, I forgive mm. you. And then he goes and dresses like a Spanish monk. And that's the end of the play. Yeah, he comes in right at the end, and uh-huh. everyone and everyone just laughs in his face again. Because he went and got new like, clothes and looks like a dickhead. But they're weird clothes, and everyone's like, what a fucking weirdo. Credits. That's how the play ends. It ends with everyone laughing at him. And I mean, we're kind of, we're talking about the men here a lot, obviously, because they're kind of the famous actors in this, looking back. But the female the... characters are a really big part of the story, and, yeah. you, and as in have massive scenes on their own without these... Sort of gun- and, the, and, and you know, I think the women have quite a lot of agency in the story as well. At the start, when one of the girls started talking and you could only see her back, I thought it was going to be Naomi Scott, Naomi Campbell, um, Moneypenny. I thought I'm like, that- oh my God, that that's totally a young Moneypenny. And I was so it- keen, but it wasn't. Naomi Harris? Harris. That's I one. 100% thought, oh, God, man, she looks like Naomi Harris. This whole it was time. Cool. I was so excited. I'm Imagine like, oh my that. God, that would be so cool. No. But it wasn't. And I was sad. Yeah. It's weird that Ben Whishaw isn't in this. He's in most stuff. He is. He's in a lot of places. <laughs> He's in most. He'd definitely be about this. He must have been busy. He this must play have been... would have involved a lot of crying, though, if it was him. He must have been wrapping up reshoots on another Daniel Craig project. So he couldn't be in this. As plays go, especially from yeah. the time, this one involves no heartbreak. Uh, no, it's, well, it's... It involves betrayal and personal betrayal, but nobody yeah. breaks down. Nobody actually has a moment of crying. Like, if Ben Whishaw were to play a character of this for mm. a BBC film version, he wouldn't get mm. to cry. Well, here's my question for you. Because it sounds like you're not a fan. Is... <laughs> it's boring. It... Yes, it is. Are you against... Are you not in the mood for anything like this at all? Or is there a version of an old-timey play like this that Isaac could have enjoyed? I have enjoyed watching, and we've talked about it, Ben Whishaw play various characters from Shakespeare. I uh-huh. don't very much like watching Shakespeare uh-huh. because it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. But he is an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. And some of the people who've played characters from Shakespeare and done shows mm-hmm. have been great. Ben Whishaw thus far mm-hmm. is the best. Yeah. Because, like, I watched, um, I think, uh, David Tennant did Hamlet. I've seen, yeah, David Tennant's Hamlet, yes. And I love David Tennant. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what I wanted from a Hamlet. Mm-hmm. But Ben Whishaw playing the king mm-hmm. was just... Oh. Oh, you, you preferred Whishaw to Tennant? I did. Interesting. I did. My God. I really like modern adaptations of the Shakespearean stories. I do um, like um, what's his faces, um, old Leonardo DiCaprio and Romeo and Juliet. Oh, Baz Luhrmann's Baz R- Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann's R plus J. <laughs> Love it, but you know what? Rouge. Like yeah, Rouge. Rouge is. <laughs> it's basically what this is, but 
with the production value. I think. Well, well, no, because I, I think, I think, R, R plus J, kind of like decimates the script as it originally exists. Like it, it does. I think the reason it works, especially for like that '90s audience, yeah. is that it doesn't really like give a shit about all of like the subtleties in the form that it's that it's being derived from. Yeah. And it's punching it up with music, weird editing, weird like all these like, gunfights, gun gunfights that so but, that you so that you kind of but it's st- but still really connected to the emotional sort of core of the story. So like like this part like I I, we're, we're harping on it a little bit, but one of the big problems is it's three hours long, and, and one, in, uh, there's no emotional core. Well, yeah, see... At least, sorry, in this production, there is no emotional core. Did you? In, did any of the characters learn something in this film? Look, I, I found this quite easy to watch, as in I was able to... You know how like you have to sort of drop into the gear of the language, where you just get used to... Oh, the language is fine. Like one, I, like, I could drop into the gear, and like, I can follow what they're saying, this is fine. Um, but yeah, it's... Obviously, just like it's longer than it needs to be, especially for a modern audience. This is a ninety-minute story told over three, squeezed into three hours. But also, yeah, I agree in terms of an, an emotional core. Like it feels very kind of superficial, and like these people, like their lives are just chaos. Yeah, like compared to like, like this is like two to, like, days. Modern modern relationships. These people just. Just thrash around Naples, <laughs> engaging in like, I think putting it's huge amounts of energy, die. yeah, into, into like incredibly brief encounters and just creating problems for themselves every step of the way. And so it's kind of insane what's happening moment to moment, such that for me, I'm not that bothered because I'm like, well, just like if you if you could all just chill out for five seconds, most of these problems would be resolved. You wouldn't end up getting into into duels and declaring your love for everyone. Like every, every time you round a corner and you see, see a hot someone, chick, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like you you can't you can't just turn your life over for every hot chick you see. Like no. come on. Um but I did feel something and I did see an emotional core at Right at the in the final, like what should have been the final scene, with uh, Daniel Cray and uh, with Andy Circus and Valeria, Valeria, Angelica Bianca. So the 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 famous courtesan. The, yeah, the proper harlot. Yeah, who gave me Yeah, she because she was had kind of made herself vulnerable in response to what Andy Serkis had been saying to her. And then it's it's sort of revealed that Andy Serkis is just full of shit and was just, is just really good at lying and manipulating people. And despite all of her life experience and being in this position for so long, she still got taken in by it. So she pulls a gun on him and is maybe going to shoot him. And I, after like plowing through so much of of people just talking and talking and talking, when this finally happened, I did connect to that because... It's like it, like it finally sort of got real at that point, like because people have just been speaking into the wind for so long with like evocative phrases, but there's just too much of it to really take in. But then she 
when she pulls that gun and she's kind of she's finally Andy Circus has not shut up for one second for the last three hours <laughs> and now she's kind of calling him on all this bullshit and like he's sort of basically saying like why are you like this why did you do this to me why like it's this what you're doing is is terrible why have you created this sort of situation and so I that felt the most sort of like human moment to me. And it was so, the most normal acting that he did and she did. Yeah. Because well, it was just, she's professing what she's feeling. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, but I'm just a dickhead. And I knew that. I thought you did. Yeah. Which, he, which is, yeah. And that's just a natural moment. But I just was upset that that happens at the end of the play and not like, several times throughout the play where you get moments of realist well i think he's he's been one thing the whole time yeah. and then finally in this scene you see him kind of drop the mask because oh. it's kind of all and and just kind of like level with her and be like we're all just lying to each other like why didn't why don't you understand this and so yeah it's, it, it didn't like I like I perked up then because like oh something's changed, mm. but yeah it's not. He doesn't have a three hour long arc. He does one thing for two hours and forty minutes, and then suddenly you get he get. He's not his comeuppance, but there's there's a, there's a reckoning for the characters at that point. Daniel Craig's quote unquote arc is much more entertaining than his. He is wronged by a woman. Mm. Decides he's going to be a dickhead, and yeah. then realizes that's wrong and tries to get. He's forgiven. Sort of, he's he's an idiot who becomes evil and then is incredibly embarrassed and becomes the fool. Like proper <laughs> like, becomes the fool. He's like, well, I'm just going to be an idiot for the rest of my life now. Yeah, he's like he's he's stupid beyond words. <laughs> realizes it and then is powerless to change it. End of story. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. I just yeah, it's not. Yeah, I I enjoy that the entire warehouse they were in had like four mm. inches of sand but enough sand that even when they were running around in it it's mm. still deep sand so part of me thinks i liked the sand like they hired out if this wasn't a production that spent millions of dollars being a thing mm. they've hired out like some like beach hockey like like beach um volleyball mm-hmm. rink somewhere <laughs> and just like blacked out all the walls and just used that Maybe. that sand and did their play and I wouldn't put it past people. Like, that's something people would definitely do to do a play mm. on sand if they really wanted to. Yeah. I think this would go better with an interval. Yeah. You know? Have or it those, would go better knowing little, where the intervals happen. Those little cups of ice cream with a wooden spoon stick, yeah. like they have at the theater. Because in the movie, you don't know where the interval takes place. There's no blackout. It just continues no. and continues and continues. Well, they'd have little... Well, with those five acts, they'd be back in the day, they're having little breaks in between. Yeah. I read a thing that I thought was really cool. One of the theories about the reason there's five acts and the length of the acts is that's how long it took the candles to burn down. That's and at cool. a certain point, to be replaced. everyone has to go out, replace the candles, and light all the candles. So the length of an act is kind of how long it would be before the lights went out. <laughs> and then they have to relight them all. That's not a bad theory. That's I cool. love the idea that what we think is this foundational aspect of an art form is just like a practical constraint of 400 <laughs> years ago. And, there's no other, there's no, and now all our stories are built around that, <laughs> around that structure. Um, 
But we've also been conditioned to understand that structure. That's how we get entertainment. So if you change mm. it, it won't go well. Yeah. That's, why, that's why some movies are terrible. Because they don't follow the proper structure. Yeah. Their acts are either too long or too short. Mm. I like, yeah, I like the sand. I like the people who are riding bikes and there's rickshaws. I like the costumes. Costumes are cool, yeah. Daniel in a kind of foppish linen suit and hat. That was good. I like the the lines to camera. Me too. I so, like that that's how they do their line to the audience. It's yeah. just directed at the camera. I think it did a good job of being, oh, this is a, a filmed play while still being on like kind of a stage, but we're going to make something of... Because there's some scenes where they're cutting between two scenes. They're, they're actually filming, yeah. And that can't be the way it is in the play. No, definitely not. So they did actually do something quite creative there where... You're sort of watching two scenes happen simultaneously and they figured out where to cut between them. So I think that's pretty good. Um, it feels to me like the graduation performance for a really good uni where they've all done acting together and this is their performance. Well, that's been... just, you know, plays are always going to look like that to a certain degree. But like, I enjoyed that a lot, thinking mm. that these guys all studied together. They've all mm. had a great three years and this yeah. is their graduation performance. We're going to film it. It's going to be awesome. Put on DVD. And then they all get careers. I like the people, I like the smoking. People smoke at different people times in the story. Yeah. That was that, that was a cool addition. Um, I'd, I'd punch up the lighting. I think some of it's quite dark, weirdly, and just the lighting's kind of flat and doesn't really generate much atmosphere or like... I think that could also just be the time it was filmed. Like if this was a like an actual performance, that vibe would work well if you were standing in the room. But I, but also I think it, it it becomes a little bit visually monotonous because they they can't they don't really show you it being different times of day or anything through the lighting. It looks the same the whole time when it's for three hours. Like that that could be changed because like a couple of days go by. I think. Yeah, it's better over about three days. Yeah, two or three days. Mm. And I'd probably splash out on some extras and to just give it more of a festival vibe. If you because it's going meant to be taking place in this big movie, yeah. Naples event. And so if you just put a little bit of like sound design and crowd noise and a few other people dotted around, I think that I think that would that would liven it all up a little bit more. If they had the budget for it, you'd have your audience be there as your extras, just standing in a big ring around the whole thing with the same masks on for the entire play watching Maybe. it. Yeah. Because that would add extras to your scene. You'd have feel like there are more people there. Yeah. True. You'd encourage the audience to move through the space and inhabit the space and sit on different chairs and stuff. And then they'd all lose track of what's going on because it'd be really hard to do. But you'd be like, we're just we're just trying to do it, you know, in a modern style. Uh, the masks do a lot of heavy lifting in this plot. As per usual, <laughs> back in the day, you pop a mask on, no one has any idea who you are. Even after they have like a five-minute conversation with you and they were in love, they're in love with you. Who are you? And the, why are you wearing Jamie's clothes? Yeah. And why do you sound like Jamie? So mm. that, that people never piece it together. That's because when you put a mask on, everybody understands that you're hiding your identity. Mm -hmm. And they subconsciously know now that they don't know who this person that is. So out of respect, they just don't. Exactly. Yeah, nice. Yeah. They were conditioned to know that if there is a mask between us, I'm not supposed to understand who this person is. A mm. couple of my favorite lines. What means that? 
I have one. I have one too. I do like that. <laughs> I feel like we can change that now, can't we? Is it too bad? Can we just change that when we do it these days? Like, do we still have to what say what? What means that? What means that? Mm, what means that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why, um, Daniel got a nice little Nazi line in there. He goes, Did he? What am I, a Jew? Yeah. <laughs> Still manages to bring it back the whole time, man. Man, man, just to make it about the Jewish people, even <laughs> even when you think you're safe. You're going back to 1677. You think, oh, what are the odds that anti-Semitism will come into this? Actually, it was very common back then, and it's in quite a lot of Shakespeare, I think. So that's a foolish yeah. thing to hope for. Also, uh, a pox on my tailor. I like it. I, I like want, that everyone says pox a lot. I want to wish a pox on people more. Because <laughs> I think that's that's a that, that's a you know that's a that, that's got some oomph to it. I like when people say fire upon you, because they say fire <laughs> fire a couple of times in this. Oh, fire upon you! Oh, he's really pissed. <laughs> he wished fire upon that guy. And I also had, is this not a she creature? <laughs> kind of the opposite of go from me, whore. <laughs> Is this not a she creature? Is this not a she creature? Bond should say that at some point. <laughs> is this not a is, she creature? Or is this kind? not a she creature? Is this not a, a sea creature? No, is I, this I, not a she creature? I'm just, I just have an accent. What? Do you, it's not a sea creature. It's a human being. No, I don't worry about it. I was doing a thing, and it, you, you've ruined it. And I think at some point, I think I'm going out to she. See what? No. <laughs> Um, and Daniel, I think when he's getting attacked, I think he says, I'm not now, uh, no, I think Andy Serkis says it, I'm not now at leisure to be killed. <laughs> yeah, when um, she's pointed the gun at him yeah. at the end, he's like, no, look, I'm actually, I actually can't be killed at the moment. I've got a lot on. Like, mm. I, I see where you're I coming wish, from. I wish I could let you, bro. Look, I can see you want to kill me and I'm, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I'm normally a people pleaser. That's actually something I'm working on a lot in therapy, but... Actually, right now, I can't. I'm not at liberty. And she says there with the gun and a mask on. He has no idea who she is. <laughs> what have I done yeah. to you? Yeah, he's got a bit of a Jack Sparrow thing going on there. <laughs> oh, God. All right. The Rover. We did it. We watched it. We talked about it. We talked about it. Where do you want to rank it? You know, I think it's not. it's not down the bottom. No, it's not. Definitely not. No. I'm glad that we got like, to see it. I know you didn't enjoy watching it, but it is good. <laughs> yeah. It is a good performance and production it's of a really the good Rover performance. by Afro Ben. Where are you going to rank it? And it's a great performance by Daniel Craig. It's good, Daniel Craig. I think it's, this it's is not enough, Daniel Craig. Is this the only time Daniel Craig has acted to camera? Apart no. from maybe that comic relief sketch. Or like the unmasked stuff. That's not acting, though. Then why is it in our ranking system? Unmass isn't. Oh, yeah. We left Unmass outside of the ranking system. Separate, separate ones. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this is the 64th thing oh, going on to the ranking. So starting out around the middle. Oh, yeah. Your hobby horse, the mother. Yep. It's better than that shit. Wow. Okay. Copenhagen. It's better than Copenhagen. You think it's better than Copenhagen? I think it's better than Copenhagen. I think it is better than Copenhagen. Again, the best version of Copenhagen would be better than this. This is more entertaining than Copenhagen. 
Yeah. Because Copenhagen doesn't have any fools. I'm in, I'm entertained by Copenhagen, but it is it's very it is dry. I understand how it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Um, Sylvia. I want to say yes, actually. Yeah? Yeah. The Invasion? No. I think it's, it's got to be better than The Invasion. You reckon? Yeah. It's proper, yeah. proper theatre and acting and it stuff. It is proper acting. The, the, like, the what's Invasion. What's The Invasion? Uh, one Life. <laughs> so what's above One Life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sword of Honor. I think this is actually better than Sword of Honor. Because Sword of Honor was... Comrade Detective? Way too long. This list is all over the place at the moment. Because above that is the Golden Compass and Kings. <laughs> this is better than Kings. Then put it above Kings. What's above Kings? Mole Flanders. Oh, it's not better than Mole Flanders. Yeah. Mole Flanders is very strong. That's where That's where that, I think I think it needs to go there. But Kings, though... Ha- Sword of Honor is fucking me up. because somehow... I think this is better than Sword of Honor because... Sword of Honor, yes, has a production value and did a lot of stuff, but there's so much that they could have just taken out. Mm. So much. True, You yeah. could have made that a it's movie. It's also much, much too long. Yeah, like that could have been a movie. Whereas this is like, it's too long for our tastes. But if you, I really found like, if I made the effort of really committing to the language and what they were saying. You'd care about it. The imagery and the things they're saying. Mm. You can understand how, like, if you if you listen to it more like poetry than prose, mm-hmm. it's it's quite sort of engaging. I think it's I think also it's got more to it. This is a script they were given to make, so it's a play. Somebody wrote this. Yeah, and they seems to have done it. Somebody quite wrote the script for Sword of Honor from their book, but chose to write a boring ass three hour thing when they could have just written a movie. True, and still been faithful to the book, yeah. but included the important parts. Yeah. So I think this needs to go above it. So it's 25th. Nice. Respect. I'm surprised. I thought you seemed to be winding up to annihilate this. Well, I didn't, have a, I didn't have a good time. You softened. Boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, culture isn't um, fun. You know, there's more. The culture isn't about having fun. It's about demonstrating to the people around in your social circle that you enjoy culture. That's what it's about. I don't think it should be. And I don't think it is. That while high culture is, well, that's what makes it high. Well, I don't think your social circle should require people that you have to prove that you enjoy culture to. Yeah, well, but if you want to climb the social ladder... What ladders do you need to climb? Find no, people saying, that are you, cool. But if you want to climb the social ladder, the so, the social ladder is occupied at the top only by other people who want to climb the social ladder. So it's a self fulfilling prophecy. So well, the, in, all the people at the at the top are all people very much engaged in the game of competing with one another for cultural and social capital of pretending that they care about a whole lot of shit. Yeah, and one of those. Yeah, so who do you reckon is at the top of the social ladder right now? What's what just of the world? Just the social ladder. Just the. The so the yeah. the yeah. This is the social ladder. <laughs> this is the one you've been hearing about. Wow, oh, it's actually shorter than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, it's not actually that hard to get <laughs> there up. There are three rungs. Obama's pretty high, I think. Obama, Michelle, 
Michelle's at the top of the social ladder, I think. He would never try to climb high. I feel like the social... Actually, no, we're saying this wrong. Because the social ladder, the people at the very top of the social ladder are people who have gotten there through genuine sort of achievement and personal strengths. It's that middle section of Volvo drivers... (laughs) <laughs> who are the ones who try and like pretend to like like local the players of Afro Ben and stuff to mm. sort of demonstrate to one another that oh that they are that they're cultured and stuff. So you've got to. It's not about climbing. It's about trying to find a way to leapfrog that middle bit by just by like becoming president or something. Oh, but clearly that's not enough. You need to. What do you need to do? Write in if you know how to be at the top of the social ladder cuz Isaac and I are sick of where we are and we'd really like to we'd really like to you know get up get see what it's you know for the record see, see what the view is for the record I just not like to care about the social ladder yeah I know you I know you'd like to not care but we have to care about it it's completely out of do I though yeah what if I live that's in why the you care about it so much I, I, yes yeah clearly that's why you are so sort of emotionally and psychologically wrapped around the axle of what everyone else thinks about you yep all the time it's very evident in all of your behavior so we are now (laughs) gonna watch (laughs) we're gonna be back in a minute we're gonna go watch covington cross come back and have a quick chat about that okay and then and then we'll be done I'll, i'll break this to you now isaac I don't know a lot about the TV series Covington Cross, but um, Daniel Craig is in the uh, the first episode, and I found um, like a, an edit of all of his role in Covington Cross. Is it one minute and twenty three seconds long? So I'll just this is this is so before we go and watch the whole episode, which we're going to do, probably have pizza at the same time. This is just a little. This is Daniel Craig's role in Covington Cross. That's it. So there's not a lot of meat on the bone, I'll agree. But I we can only really judge that by understanding the wider context in which it's taking place. Where is this castle? What's the significance of the gate? Are are the guards are the guards, of which Daniel is clearly one, unionized? How does that play out? Is the person in charge of the castle a nice person? What's their policy? You know, what's their, you know, if you have a sick day, you know, how many sick days did they get? How does that? So I think, so anyway, I, I, you've got a face on, so let's just go watch it. And then, um, and then we can, then we can come back and give a, a proper opinion on it. All right. Um, okay. Talk to you in a second, guys. Dry martini. Oui, monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's. One of vodka. Half a measure of quinoa lily. Shake it over rice and then a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes. Oh, Covington Cross. So we've all done things. Yeah, boy have we, Isaac. We've all done stuff and felt good about it sometimes and bad about it other times. That's life. When we start out doing the things we want to do for the rest of our lives. Yes. There's often a time. Oft. 
where you do things. Just anything I feel you can. like I need you to use more precise terminology at no, some point in where this. You just do things. Okay, right, yes. Sometimes like in you, the course of doing things, things are done. Uh-huh. They are they get and done. You reach the point of upon which I feel as though this was the, the doneness of a thing occurs. That Daniel's agent was just like I got your role. <laughs> it's not a big one. Yeah. But but you I mean you're going to be on TV. It'll definitely be broadcast in the UK and on ABC in the United States. Yep. So this could help you break America. Well, it was actually broadcast in America. The mm. pilot was shown in the UK and the rest of the series was not shown in the UK. <laughs> So we just watched the pilot episode of Covington Cross, the 1992 television series, which follows uh, Sir Thomas, Sir Thomas Gray, in, who lives in 14th century England. Covington Cross, that's the castle he lives at. And there's him, there's his three sons, there's a daughter knocking around, and just, I presume they get into scrapes and capers, medieval scrapes and capers. Yep. Over a 13-episode run Six of which are unaired. Yep. I'm very intrigued by. The first seven have air dates, and the final six episodes are unaired. Well, it's like a, a lot of TV series nowadays are done the same way, where they film a season, well, they get a pilot. Well, you, well no, because you don't invest in filming multiple episodes that you don't air. You cancel it, and yeah. then it stops. But for this, they would have gone, yeah, make your show. But oh wait, it's shit. Okay, we're not playing the rest of them. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I think if they if they greenlit thirteen episodes, they'd get aired at some point. These ones you'd, were not. You just take it down from maybe the higher profile slot that it had. You'd put it on at four p.m. You, or you'd put it on yeah at you, like ten a.m. You wouldn't just never put them out. Well, apparently. Which they makes me think, it. Isaac, do we need to find those episodes? No. Okay. Because this, this, this is just available on YouTube, which I find very interesting. And it's come from a very obscure source, because as we noticed at the end of the pilot episode, it says, next week on Covington Cross. And then there's just a title card that says, insert trailer here. <laughs> so this isn't from... A video hasn't been ripped even off a VHS or anything. This is from, like, the TV station's archive. This is clearly the pilot. I can understand it. I don't... I don't... I... Look, there's nothing... I mean, at the time, There's nothing about this pilot episode that makes me go, no, this shouldn't be a 1992 TV series on ABC. Exactly. You know? I mean... I mean, Daniel Craig's in it. They didn't Daniel really know Craig's at that in point it. in time, and neither would anybody else who ever watches it. I don't know any of the people who are the main characters. I don't know who... <laughs> I know so many secondary characters. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who Gil Grant is, who's the creator and who wrote like the whole thing and is the guy in charge. I don't know what his deal is. He's a consulting producer on NCIS Los Angeles. <laughs> Army Wives. <laughs> NCIS, just normal NCIS. 24... Do you reckon he's one of those dudes who everything he works Relic on... Relic Hunter? He frames a picture of the poster and puts it in his office. Hey. Do you reckon Covington Cross's poster would be in that office? That's what I'd do. <laughs> I'd be framing posters all all over the place. I don't care. You're ghost. 
But yeah, there's a hun- uh, there's 134 acting credits for this TV show, which includes the one and only Daniel Craig. That means somebody is a fan and has gone through and done that. Yeah, have they been able to do it for the unaired episodes though? Well, the unaired episodes would still exist on the DVD or videos. Well, I don't reckon you can just get a DVD of this. How? Mm. There are no DVDs of this available on eBay. No, nothing's on eBay. That's where we've gotten all of our Daniel Craig DVDs <laughs> from, I said. All that is available, there is some rare photographs of the cast available for like 20 bucks on eBay. The cast of Covington Cross. Yeah, not the show itself. The cult cast of Covington Cross. Yes. But meanwhile, that cast list of 134 includes James Nesbitt, returning to the Daniel Craig filmography, Alex Kingston. Yeah. And the other name I knew was Julian Fellows, who's that guy who's like been old and everything for about 40 years. But also Paul Brook was, we found out, in Genghis Khan. Also, yeah, so the friar is in Star Wars. He plays the guy who takes care, the, the Rancorn carer in he's, Return of the Jedi. He's sad when the Rancorn dies. And he is also in Genghis Khan. So, he's, so he's, there are two that, returns. That is a full return to the Daniel Craig filmography. Yeah. So I wonder if we're the only people in the world that know that. Because I could imagine neither of the two of them know that. I reckon. Um, see, that's what will be so great when we finally get Daniel Craig on this show. No, How much we can tell him about his career? No, we I reckon, like, did you know? I reckon other actors would know because, like, you know the people you work with. Yeah, but this and is when like they thirty go years ago. Little thing. Yeah, but you still remember people you worked with. I don't know, Isaac. I think I think after an illustrious thirty-year career, the details of who was there on the day when you did Covington Cross probably faded into the background. I don't know. Well, both of them in this, particularly Daniel, were very in the background. Well, Daniel so much more so. For this specific thing, they would have no idea that they were there on the same day. But for something like Genghis Khan, where both had a larger-ish role, it's mm-hmm. quite possible that mm-hmm. they know. Maybe, maybe. And they're like, oh, you were on that great medieval show as well. So basically... There's the guy in charge. There's the guy in charge of the castle. He's not a king. He just has a castle, yep. and he's trying to marry his daughter off to this other Sir Lord chap, and she is a, a strong, independent, modern woman as you would be in the 14th century. Yep. Any medieval story, any story in the past, is just give one of the characters modern day ethics. And that creates enough tension to produce a story. And that's all you need to do. <laughs> you know. That's, that's one of the things I think that appealed to me about Game of Thrones. It didn't just have people be modern and be therefore in opposition to their social context. It was just, it was more sort of complex and it made you understand the reason people have those more old-timey ethics as well. But I found one of the reasons that it was cancelled. Ooh. Or like taken off of air. Um, the time slot was purchased by businessman Ross Perrow for infomercials in an attempt to raise his poll numbers during his independent run for president. <laughs> Somebody oh. bought the time slot to run commercials about himself. Famous 90s president Perrow. <laughs> 
Oh, what, uh, we all we all remember the Perot administration. It's oh. one of the few American primetime shows ever to be shot entirely on location in England. Yeah, it's pretty weird in that way because, like, ABC, it's distributed by Thames Television as well, but ABC, it was ABC Television's idea, and it's all just entirely in the in in England. The Village set was filmed at Shepparton Studios and was later reused in the sixth season of the British television series Red Dwarf. Where are you getting this stuff from? The Wikipedia page. <laughs> this is riveting. I love details like that, but I think. And you can tell who all the baddies are because they all wear nothing but black and have black goatees, like quite literally. Yep, that's how it and works. They're, they're they, all the sheriff of Rottingham. Yeah, they're all just Rottingham, and then they are pillaging the local villagers, and then it sort of becomes clear how evil the person is that he has bequeathed his daughter upon. And so he tries to back out of the deal, and the guy's like, no, how about we duel? And he's like, okay, let's go duel then. But then the kids are like, no, it's a trap. He's not going to duel. He's just going to kill him, basically. So then the friar reads about Trojan horses on the toilet and is like, brilliant idea, lads. Well, no, that's good writing. At the start of the episode, the friar is supposed to be teaching one of the sons about history. So and he is currently at a chapter in his weird medieval book about the Trojan horse. It's pretty good foreshadowing. So they foreshadow the Trojan horse. They bring that back. They foreshadow that the daughter is, you know, she doesn't want to just be a, a woman doing womanly things. She wants to learn crossbows and be cool. Exactly. And then Crossbows the, are very cool. Crossbows are cool in any era. And at the end, she saves the day with a crossbow when the kids all Trojan horse their way into the baddies' keep and inter and interrupt the battle. And then the old, what's his name, the main one, Thomas Gray, he has a big sword fight with the baddie and uh, eventually wins. And then he's like, "I won't kill you. We will let the just the we will let we will let the seamless." process of 14th century justice have its way with you but then he is like no i'm going to stab you in the back so then she crossbows him in the chest and happily ever after i enjoy that in the in the listing of characters everyone has a name except friar who is called friar yes his name is just friar he doesn't get a character name well you know it's like r plus j his name is friar yeah people you play friar or you play nurse (laughs) <laughs> it's great. Yeah, you could. Yeah, well, Friar is better than than Gate Gate Guard. Gate Guard. Daniel Craig says four words in the episode. He's on screen yeah. twice. Yes, once from afar. So he, so he is very instrumental. He, he, whilst only saying four words, he is absolutely pivotal in the plot. He's pivotal as, in the plot as, as a good walkway guy's, guard uh, of falling for Trojan horses. So yeah, he plays a walkway guard who doesn't think twice about letting the Trojan horse in. Because why would you? Well, it's a carriage. That's the genius of the Trojan horse. Exactly. I tell you what, the Trojan horse thing—that was a—that was something they only got away with once, wasn't it? Yeah, it, they, they, it, it went so well that first time, no one, and it became so famous. Like it's called <laughs> the Trojan Horse. Like I tell you, I'll tell you what, the Trojans never fell for that again. They didn't. No. Well, they didn't. Um, did they all get killed or something? Didn't exist again. Yeah. Was there still a Troy afterwards, or did they just kill a bunch of them? No, I'm pretty sure they destroyed Troy. 
I think that's the story. It probably... I don't know how often people gave each other big wooden horses back then, but it probably kind of killed the tradition, didn't it? Like, it's probably hard to... I don't think it was a tradition. It takes the shine off it when that's happened once. Like, and now we'll do the thing where we give each other big wooden horses. No, you're right. If it actually happened, do you reckon it looked anything like a horse? Like, if you built a horse using pieces of your ship... Yeah. A giant horse. You got no cranes. You got nothing. Well, they they make a pretty good horse in the movie Troy. Yeah, but that's, that's us. Pr- like that's that's humans. But I th- now. I feel that's quite a good Im- impression of what a like if you had to cobble <laughs> cobble together a horse at the last minute and you had to low key fit an army inside it. It's definitely what would it doable, look like? But I think if if it was like but actually back happening then, back then, they would have built horses. just this pile of wood with a head shape. Look, it's a wooden horse. Look at it. It's on wheels. It comes on in. And it's just it's literally just like a tent. It would have been so hard to build. I know. A horse, a horse on wheels that you can fit enough people in to take down a city? That's insane. <laughs> but the Greeks, man. Uh, Greeks. You gotta love them. What can't they do? Uh, Democracy. Yeah. Philosophy. I mean, they're not good at, you know, economics lately, but in the past, they were all over it. They had, they had loads of great ideas. <laughs> yeah, they building do. buildings out of white. Everyone just wears robes. Like, just wear sheets. You don't, yeah. need, you don't need clothes. Just wear a sheet. Well, it's hot. Exactly. Just it's really sheet. hot. Just wear curly hair. I, I hate when it's hot. I can't do anything when it's hot. The fact that democracy got started in... Or philosophy got started in Greece amazes you me. can't do anything when it's hot. humanity started in heat in like hot places yeah i don't know i don't know how <laughs> like aristotle invented logic in it's so hot there. do you think people migrated north to get comfy <laughs> that's what i would have done if i if i was in greece plato could have come up to me and be like you know the forms i think that all the physical things are derived from forms on a different planet like you know what mate like this sounds interesting but can we can we go in the shade or maybe go up to Northland or something just so I can... Because I can't really take this in when it's like the fa- this. The fabled Northland. It's so hot. I'm three margaritas deep because we're in Greece, <laughs> all right? I didn't come to Greece to talk about, you know, philosophy I and stuff. I came to the Mediterranean to sail and relax. And just vibe, basically, okay? But and Your these, version of Ibiza is... The, like all this Socratic questioning, like I love it, but it's just not the it's not vibes. It's not what it's not the vibe we're going for. Where my moment. bitches at, man? Where my it, bitches at? They're all in. Why ain't you got a Vici on right now? <laughs> this well, this isn't actually Ibiza right now. Well, why not? <laughs> why? Why not? ain't you? Where's James Blunt? He lives here, doesn't he? <laughs> why ain't you? Famously, <laughs> he's so famous. He does. Such a vibe clash. James Blunt lives on Ibiza. Yeah, he does. That's something I'm never going to be able to reconcile myself to. Anyway, Daniel Craig... What what does Daniel Craig say in this? He He says, says, well, open the gate then. Well, open the gate then. Five words. And you know what? You can tell it's Daniel Craig. The camera is like 50 meters away from him. (laughs) Well, open the gate then. And he's got a big old helmet on. He does. It's it's not an attractive helmet. But you can tell it's him. Nor practical. That helmet no? is not practical. Well, lots of people wore them back then. Yep. Those people died. Well. Well, everyone died. Everyone back died then. eventually. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I. So, what do you think of the performance? <laughs> you mean Daniel's performance? Yeah. What do you think of the performance? Um, you know what? I reckon starting out. That's a pretty pretty solid way to start out. I think like whilst this is only five words, from quite a long way away, he invests quite a lot into it because he actually gives it. A little, you know, there's a little bit of character there, you know, because that that other guard has yelled something up to him, and he's not just saying, "Okay, open the gate." There's, you know, he's kind of annoyed with that other one. He, like, well, yeah. open, like I think that other guard sort of slept with his girlfriend recently. He's terse, and he's like, "What the good then?" He's very much like he's. Is he Ray Winston? Is he? Yeah, he's going over the, he's the. It's the medieval Sweeney. That's how it works. Like he's had enough of this other guard's shit. That's what I get from 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 the line. That other guard spends most of the day calling up weird jokes to him. Oh, just, I heard this one, and he or, hates them. Well, I think that, that guard just like keeps asking him questions about <laughs> stuff. They're like, well, you should know this. You're a guard. <laughs> where should I stand? Should just stand stand where I we stand every day. Should I? There's someone at the gate. Well, open the gate then, fuckwit. What do you think? I'm up here. Open the gate then. So, I think pretty strong. I think as I think he rings as much out of the five words as you could hope for. He does. And what did you think of the episode overall? Uh, yeah, it's shit. It's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The storyline is good. The storyline isn't bad, but it's basic. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is very basic. The scripting is pretty bad. I like that the script purposely doesn't take itself seriously. Like, they're just mucking around and having a good time. Well, I thought surely this is like a Blackadder-style comedy almost at the start. But then it sort of merges sideways into being, no, no, this is about marriage and sadness. And and getting sold. And, yeah, Yeah. getting sold. So... Uh, short answer, no, I did not yeah. like it, and I don't think it deserved to have 13 episodes air. That's yeah, why that's they got punished amazing. and had their six episodes Just not flat aired. out not aired. It was aired in Spain so, and Ireland. Really? And nowhere else. The pilot aired in the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm intrigued. Spain Those episodes must exist somewhere. Yep. But yeah, we watched it. Yeah. Do you want to rank it? I like I, li- I like medieval stuff overall. So do I. Again, Men we don't get a lot of it. is amazing. Did you see The King with Timothée Chalamet? I have not yet watched The King. It's okay. It's on the Netflix. Yeah. It's, it's on my list. It's a little bit self-serious, but it's the kind of thing I would, I would like people to be trying to do more is of. Is Batman good? Batman's in The King. Yeah, he is. Yeah, cool. He is. I like me some Batman. Playing yet another villain. As you do. Well, he has the he has the jawline and weird mouth and eyes of a villain. He does, and so that's why it's going to be very. He has a face for villainy. That's why I'm intrigued to see him as Batman, a character who is ultimately a villain, whilst often not uh, presented that way, but shitty. In the mildest form of critical perspective on his behaviour, he's clearly nothing but. A tool of the state. Now, um, yeah, so where do we want to... Take back your city. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you... I'll tell you what, Isaac. What? This is our last episode for the year. It is. And it's going to be our last episode for a while. Quite possibly. I'm I'm away for most of January. We've got Christmas. I'm away for most of January. So we're waiting for... This other DVD to come in, which is kind of the last thing before No Time to Die. So we're going to have one more random tale episode, sort of at the beginning of February. Yeah. 
and then we'll have a longer break before the big one comes out. But, you know, we've been on a hell of a journey. We haven't ranked this yet. This year. I know. I'm okay. leading up to it. Okay. Been a hell of a journey. Through, you know, global pandemics and cinema closures and movie postponements and but you know, we, we I mean talk about finishing not with a bang but with a whimper. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing the last thing to go onto the list for twenty twenty is Covington Cross. <laughs> well open the gate then. I'm sorry, Daniel. But also not sorry. Because no. this is part of who you are. And who this is part. This is all part of the story. Who you became. Part of the journey. If it weren't for this, we wouldn't have what we have now. Mm. In a weird, like butterfly effect way. Like in most ways, we would. But you know, yeah. I don't, in a in a very real sense, I don't know much. Or, but I know I love you. I don't know much. Okay. But I, know I think that shows everyone out of stuff to talk about. When we start uh, singing. The fact that we just started singing <laughs> that song. It's a good song, man. Yeah. I don't know much. I really want to keep making the Bane voice. Though. I think that's the answer to, like, what... I think I've said... We were wrapping up an episode at one point, and I was like, what if we just kept going there? Like, if we just kept talking, what would happen? I think we just answered that question. I really want to make the Bane voice more. <laughs> it's a good voice to make. You you do it well. So. Where will we rank this? <laughs> I don't know much, <laughs> but I know but I love you. I know I. Uh, you're welcome, Patreon. So, <laughs> what a lovely, lovely boy. <laughs> hey, hey, it comes back around. So this is <clears throat> the sixty fifth thing going on to the list. Yes, it's going to turn to Sean Connery because I'll start going. Shh. I think this is quite low down. Yes. I think it is. See, this has to go... Towards the bottom. Is this above or below? Here's a good place to start. A Kid in King Arthur's Court. This is below A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Because Daniel Craig has an actual role in that. And it's quite good. Three. (laughs) Three. I'm going going harder. Three. Ah. Oh. Oh, it's true. We've really lost all standards now, haven't we? We've, like, it's Christmas, and we've just given up. That's what's going on at the this moment. This goes below We're just, a kid in King Arthur's Court. Okay. Without a doubt. Um, love and Rage. Below. Obsession. Below. The Organ Grinder's Monkey. Above. Below that is Tales from the Crypt and then above. Syntex. Yeah, it's, it's above. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of depressed that the organ grinder's monkey's not last on the list. You, I was here. I you, I understand that you were there, but it's fucking shit. It's not just shit. It hurts it's you to bad. It's <laughs> it's it's malignant. Picture somebody that hates you giving you chocolates that are shit. That would be a better thing. Like chocolates that are actually their shits. Or they're just like old chocolate, and you don't realize till you bite into it. Like, oh, that's that's old. Think of somebody stabbing you, like gently into the gut, like really slowly. That's the organ grinder's monkey. That's what that feels. That's the same. That's 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 not better than that's what the organ grinder's monkey is. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, a slow, a very slow stabbing into the stomach. <laughs> yeah, it's ranked. We did it. It's what? Yeah. We did, we did. 60, 60th in the list. We didn't have to obsess over that, did we? It's 62nd. <laughs> nice. I think that's fair. I think so, too. He's done a lot it's of not, stuff. Look, hey, look, he's done a lot of things in his life. And it's from this point, it's mostly been upwards. Covington Cross, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I, I wouldn't say it's shit. It's just kind of naff. It is nowhere near as bad as several other things on the list. No. I think it's, it's, it's kind of... It's a thing. But yeah, it's on there. We did it. Christmas. And now, to Christmas. If you've been enjoying the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Exceptional Pod, <laughs> on, inst- on Instagram at Exceptional Thieves, or you can send us an email at exceptionalthieves at gmail.com. And if you're already on Patreon right now, well done and thank you. Or if you would like to access all of our Patreon episodes, head over to patreon.com forward slash Exceptional Thieves, where we will be putting up bonus content every week for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. Manner will be good. Some some of some of that will be podcasts. Some of it will just be like ambient sounds, like ambience recordings. Just like your you in the room. We'll be breathing. I'll just go down the beach and just like get some recordings of shells I'll and just stuff. Go down the beach and cough. <laughs> yeah, just go down the beach and breathe there. It's just, <laughs> it's just me breathing in, in different in different landscapes. <laughs> me is having a, a low grade <laughs> respiratory infection in different I just want one single cough like four me. minutes of sound no breathing it's just sound of wherever you are and then <clears throat> <clears throat> and it's like Sam clearing his throat in a castle Sam clearing his throat in <laughs> shopping center Sam clearing his throat in granary hey. yeah but I like if it was a shopping center though, there'd be so much. There's a, there'd be a cacophony of sound, so you'd have True. to like listen for it. Yeah, and then it'd surprise you after some woman's child stops screaming, and you go. <clears throat> yeah, sometimes it'd be right at the end. You're like, oh, I didn't even do it. <clears throat> and you're, oh shit! Oh, <laughs> Sam. Tell you what, this Patreon account worth every bloody penny. <clears throat> <laughs> Thanks. Ben- how do we sign off here, you know? It's by been, saying thanks for listening. It's been a hell of a year, you know? By saying it's thanks a, for listening. It's, been, it's a, been a hell of a year. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fine. Let's just Thank let's you. just avoid the emotion of the moment. Let's just, you know. Is there emotion? Let's just not even, let's, let's not engage with it. I like to hide my feelings behind, behind comedy. Behind this mask. <laughs> yeah. I was already a man. I could. <laughs> I could feel my feelings, or I could just think about Daniel Craig all the time and just externalize it. Nobody asked my feelings until I put on the mask. <laughs> then they were like, what the fuck are you doing with that mask? <laughs> are you that. feeling okay? But also, take it, what, what, what are you doing? No one paid me any attention until I started acting like a fucking weirdo. And they're like, why, why are you talking like that? We, live, we live in a well. Like, I murdered oh, seven I, people. I, no, no one took me seriously until I made it clear I was, there was nothing I wouldn't do. Oh, did you see that someone cracked one of the Zodiac codes? 
Yeah, what a disappointing answer oh, as well. No, no names. No, it's, it's just him being a dickhead. It's just him just being like, the other like one. "Fuck you all." I'm the Zodiac. Oh, look <sighs> forward. Let's see what happens. But so cool that it got cracked. Insane, yeah, that it was crackable. Yeah, and that, that means the other long. ones are probably crackable. And he did it quickly. Do you see that? Because he refers in it to something that happened like two weeks before the letter was received. Yeah. So he pulled that out of the gate pretty. <sighs> one day, one day we're going to know. Yeah. Ted Cruz. We're gonna. Well, one day we'll. One day, we well, yeah we'll know what Ted Cruz knows. Probably nothing actually. That guy's not very smart. I think I know everything Ted Cruz knows and more. I don't know everything that Ted Cruz thinks. <laughs> But I think all the factual knowledge that Ted Cruz has in his head that is accurate, I definitely have that much. I think Ted Cruz... No, maybe not. He might know a little bit more about, like, cattle and bovine creatures than you. Maybe, maybe. But I think, you know, if you if you could, like, quantify knowledge, yep. my quantity is definitely larger. Okay. I mean, sorry to flex on people like that, but... <laughs> Sorry. I think I think I think I'm I'm weird flex, but okay. Yeah, I'm smarter than Ted Cruz. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Do you think you're smarter than Ted Cruz? I think a lot of people are smarter <laughs> yeah. than Ted Cruz. Like in a way, it's not that big of an achievement. Mm. But I think yeah, there are a lot of people I know that are smarter than I am. Oh yeah, definitely same. Yeah, like Obama. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He'd probably have a lot of facts I reckon that I he'd, don't have. He'd, he'd have facts I don't have, but I think, yeah, may, probably just in terms of like analytical intelligence, he probably... Yeah. That's me. But does he have as many good quips? He probably doesn't also know as much trivia as I do about random shit. Definitely not about Daniel Craig. Defin- definitely not about Daniel Craig. Oh, imagine Obama and Craig in conversation. Have they met? Not to my knowledge. Imagine Obama and Craig doing just like a comedians and cars get coffee thing. I'd watch it. And they just hang out. I'd watch it. I think they Obama and Bond hanging out. I think they'd work quite well together, strangely. Yeah, they're respectable dudes. Yeah, but I just think in terms of temperament. Oh, oh yeah, Daft. That the I think they'd Because they're of similar they'd stature. Get, they'd get along quite Similar well. stature. Yeah, similar age. Mm. You know, I think Yeah. Similar similar action movie. Yeah. Histories? Well, I think we just have to start a GoFundMe to get this happening. Don't know what we do with the money, but we'll, let's start a GoFundMe we'll, we'll to convince a... two incredibly rich people <laughs> to spend time together. Just a day. Just a day. We'll just set it day. up. We'll set it up just so we're there. But uh, but I want it to be like a I want it to be like quite a quite a rich day. I want them to like go to a fair. Uh-huh. I want them to, one of them... It has to be at least two years in the it's future. It's kind of like then. a bro date. I want them to get... A braid. Yeah. I want them to get fairy floss. Yeah, that was... What was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. And they like, go to an art gallery and just walk around and make fun of stuff. I reckon they'd go go-karting. Um, or bumper carts. Yeah, I want them to. I want them. I want Craig and Obama to come across like one of those street performers that pretends to be a statue, and then one of them pushes it, and they both run away. (laughs) Or if they're in London, they make fun of one of the guards outside Buckingham. Yeah, and they just keep taking pictures with him, and they're like (laughs) poking him in the eye to see if they can make him do something. Um, I saw an interview of Obama. And they go jet skiing the other day, where he's like, he thought when he was like finished being the president, he'd be allowed to do, do stuff. It's like, nah, 
I've still nah. got security everywhere all the time. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, it'd be awful. Yeah. Yeah. You know who won't have security everywhere all the time? Who? Orange Muppet. No one cares. Well, I think he'll be, if he's got a brain, he'll be paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they'll be like, yeah, I don't want to though. You're a dick. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Secret Service don't have to do it anymore. So now, <laughs> oh, imagine being the private security company that's ensuring the personal safety of Donald Trump post presidency. It's like, oh, you wouldn't want, why am I doing? You'd go to him. Look, we're going to be secret about this. No one's yeah. going to know who protects you. Yeah. Just so we don't have to put it on our books. We are unnamed, and nobody company. knows that we sold our souls to do this or you take the job and just do a terrible job on purpose <laughs> but oh no did, oh yeah I, this is how it happens this is how we're supposed to protect just you. Be his bodyguard walking around. anyone wanna <laughs> seriously don't even worry about it yeah you're gonna have mine <laughs> like he's got security yeah they're just just on their phones the whole time like not even looking at what's going on just oh no oh, oh yeah he, the vote. he's down yeah the vote he's down uh well no harm no foul let's get out <laughs> Well, that's that. <laughs> I love saying that. Well, whatever happens, no harm, no foul. It would have been obvious harm. Like, ah, well. Well, case closed. Well. Maybe you'll just go to prison. You win some, you lose some. He's not going to go to prison. No, maybe he will. He's not going to go to no, prison. We got, we, got, we got a vaccine. The world is not We got a vaccine, though. The movie, the movie is way. ending. We've reached the end. The bad guy's going to get his comeuppance. The vaccine is there. James Bond comes out. The superheroes are back. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Come in to save the day. Booked our gold class tickets today. Nice. Gonna eat some nachos and watch a proper film. Good. We get to see I loads mean, of films. there are other movies, but... June, they're all coming out. Yeah, but, like, there have been movies this year. Still films. Yeah, they're like pro- Trolls te- World Tour. Technically proper films. Trolls Fat World Man. Tour. That's what we've been able to watch this year. The whole year. It came out in February. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> with uh, with another review of the remaining dregs of Craigtent. But uh, until then, Merry Christmas. And, and I hope you have a happy new year. Yeah. God bless us. Everyone, etc. Um, that would it takes the power out of the moment if he'd said that in Christmas Carol, wouldn't it? It's like God bless because he just didn't like it felt like a bit much, so he tried to back away from the moment. And Tiny Tim was like, "God bless us, everyone, etc." Um, <laughs> you probably had a you probably had a difficult year. Many of us have, so you know we've we've appreciated having you along with us on this very very strange journey. An odyssey, if you will. Craigacy? Don't force it. Um, and, yeah, I'm not sure what else to say. But, hmm? No, I can't think of anything better. Good way to end. I like it. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Talk to you soon. <laughs>